Hello everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to the As Always podcast, episode 161. I'm one of your host, James, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. As always, how's it going, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here on this brisk, beautiful Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, today, we're joined by a fan favorite guest and someone we loved talking to last time he was on. Matty is back on the show. How's it going, Matty? I'm doing quite well. Thank you guys for having me back on the show. Excited to be here finally. We had to really find a perfect date for this, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm not sure if you realize that I'm not. you won, you were fan voted guest of the year last year on the podcast. Yeah, no. Yeah, I thought so too. I sort of was sitting here like, I don't know if we told you, but yeah, that was sort of, especially wow. why we wanted you on like early in the mm. year. But yeah, fans, right at the end of the year, we do end of year awards, like um, favorite movie of the year for the community game, TV show, guest on the podcast stuff. And yeah, and you were fan voted best guest of the year last year. Takes so. on like, what was it? Odyssey and Origins and stuff. I still managed to, well, to come out on top. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that no, I know, I know. Point. It's just, yeah, well, well, that is that is a good point. We might have to recrunch those numbers. I might have spoken too soon. <laughs> um, uh, but but also, there's also a lot of people that listen to that that maybe potentially think the same thing you do and are like, "Fuck James and Tyler." Um, uh, I don't know and that. and you, you were the saving grace. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You don't know. I certainly don't. Um, yeah, it is possible. It is possible. But um, yeah, Maddie, how's things been going? What's been going on? Oh, you, man. You've been very busy. You've been very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since the last time we talked, let's see, I know we've, we've chatted since then, but uh, since the last time we spoke, I launched a new retro gaming channel, Retro Rebound, which has been doing quite well. That's been a, a really fun passion project for me just to go back to these older games. We were talking about Sonic before we recorded the show, and like I've, I've been playing Sonic games even and just. The ability to make content on those types of things that don't really fit well on Mr. Matty Plays and um, that audience there, to have a pocket for that that's actually doing well has been really nice. And then uh, since we last spoke, I've also really started working on a game. So there's been a lot in motion on top of defining Duke and, and Mr. Matty Plays and running those two ships, but uh, it's it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Working on a game, is that um, with uh, Colin and Lilymo, or is that a whole separate thing altogether? Uh, separate thing, yeah. It has nothing to do with them. Wow, okay. Is there anything you can tell us about, or is this just... Uh, I would love to. I can tell us. you guys off camera a little bit, but I, I would love to, okay, but just okay. for the sake of the public, I hate when game developers talk way too early before anything's solidified, and I know we're in that state now, so I'm not going to do that yeah, to people. Yeah, of course. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's not yeah. that I don't want to talk about it and, and don't feel confident about it. It's just like, you know... I don't. I don't want to fool anybody right now. <laughs> yeah, especially is this your first experience doing this? Yeah, and I'm definitely not like steering this ship by myself. I have a lot of people who are way more experienced than me who have worked on multiple games before, helping me, teaching me as we go along here, and so it's been a a very educational process as well. That's that's so cool. That's brilliant. Well, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, and uh, obviously we'll keep up to date. Yeah, on that. Yeah. And how's the, the 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 retro games channel? What's that been like for you? And has that been something like that you've always been into retro games, or is this something like you started getting into and you're like, I'll make this channel, and I'm just gonna go down a rabbit hole and play these retro games I've never played before and discover like a whole new side of games. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of a blending of the two because what I tried to do on Mr. Matty Plays was this type of content. I, I made like a Sly Cooper video out of nowhere and I would just like throw out these random games that that channel's known for like Xbox, Bethesda, RPGs. Like that's kind of its bread and butter and always has been and I'm happy it's that way. Uh, but what I realized is eventually you kind of get tired of the, the same rhythm and you need to shake it up a little bit. And I figured that instead of trying to form Mr. Matty Plays into to what I needed it to be, because the things I talk about there I really love, that I just need a new place to try and talk about other things and kind of build an identity there that was much more broad. Uh, so what happened was I, I realized, you know, for me, retro is like PS2, original Xbox, because that's what I grew up with, where for a lot of people, like with generational gaps, when I, when I say retro, they think like Sega Genesis and Dreamcast and all this stuff. So uh, it's interesting to, to see all these different walks of life as I build this channel up and, and what people consider actually retro, but that's typically what I'm referring to. I would say retro probably isn't the best word for the channel. It's more like nostalgia driven and just what we try to do is uh again we were talking about sonic before so sonic the hedgehog 2 comes out in theaters and we synchronize these big pop culture movements with like an old game and so i played sonic adventure 2 for the first time um to celebrate the release of sonic the hedgehog 2 and that video did really well because people are in the sonic mood um and it's kind of a cool perspective to see someone play this classic that uh many people love that i personally never played before and what you realize is the the pool of games that you've really missed on. I consider myself a hardcore gamer, right? I, I play every single night. So I, I don't know how, but there's so many I've missed. Many of these are classics. And I think it's because I didn't grow up like a Nintendo kid or anything. So there's so many titles I just skipped out on because I, I was just not into that. I was into RPGs from day one um, and, and many JRPGs. So that's what kind of dragged me into it was like the desire to experience things I had missed to kind of in a weird way, thanks to me working on the game, like educate myself on sort of the building blocks of the industry that I know and love. And uh, ultimately, um, now we're just in a rhythm where we're doing like unboxings, which I used to think was kind of tacky, but we have this pack opening vibe where I'll spend like $100 on GameStop at uh, like random, at these random games. And, uh, you know, GameStop's known for like the cheap cases, the beat up copies, and it's this like, roulette of what did i get and and how did i how did i do with my polls and just see if i should like if it was worth rolling the dice on that um so it's expanding in a, in a lot of fun ways we're going to start doing re-reviews of like older games uh for example a new fire emblem game is coming out this june so we're going to do like a 2020 review of three houses like the latest fire emblem game and just really build it off of nostalgia and i'm sure you both know what i'm talking about when i say like evergreen content on youtube is is really important you know the ability to to make something that people can watch now or five years from now like that was kind of the vision i had because when mr oh, Matty yeah. plays like you move on to the next week it's like everything's old now you could just you don't have to watch it which sucks because then you're just constantly churning out content it's like i want to make something that you could watch right here right now 48 hours yeah yeah you yeah. could watch it whenever yeah it just has a long shelf life and uh mm -hmm. that was inspired by scott the waz too just watching him and seeing like hey i was watching videos of his from like two three years ago and really enjoying them as if they came out yesterday uh so i apologize that was a really long-winded answer but uh there was a lot that went into it it wasn't just like <laughs> i want to do a second channel and that's what i did it was like i want to make it count i don't want to just toss bullshit out there i'm allowed to curse right am i allowed to curse yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can say uh, whatever the sure. fuck you want on here my friend <laughs> i just wanted to make sure because i have a foul mouth on defining duke i was like wait I'm, i gotta i gotta remember up somewhere else right now uh but yeah that's that's kind of oh, how yeah, it's been going no. for uh for retro rebound Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. That's really cool. And do you feel yeah. like since 
starting it like you've had that moment of finding the the um a different perspective on the on the industry and where sort of the games i've guess have come today you're like oh i see how this has affected then like a lead generation especially like early companies if you're playing maybe an older a naughty dog an older ubisoft game like those sorts of companies that are still around today uh making games you can sort of see that that timeline of where things went yeah yeah especially like I've been playing a lot of JRPGs and the things that I thought were kind of like invented in these newer games I played, like there was time travel in Final Fantasy 13 too. And that was my first experience with that in a JRPG that I can really think of. And then to go back and play Chrono Trigger for the first time that came out in 1995 and realized that actually Final Fantasy 13 too borrowed a ton of ideas from Chrono Trigger, which isn't a bad thing, but realizing that that RPG was so legendary that there were ideas from this 1995 game that were being put into like, I think it was like a 2011, 2012 game, whatever it was. Uh, that was crazy to me. Uh, it's been that kind of shakeup of, are the things I, I love actually well and truly things I do love or are they products of other things? Uh, another example is I just finished uh, my first playthrough of Final Fantasy X and they got the sphere grid for leveling up. And my first experience with that was in Tales of Exilia, I believe it was. And, and I, I loved it in that game. But then going to Final Fantasy X and going, oh, wow, this was here first in 2001. And this game I played in, I think it was 2013, they took that idea pretty blatantly. So that's kind of the lessons I've been learning. Uh, again, I'm very RPG driven. So that's where I've been kind of falling into. Because the things like you mentioned, Naughty Dog, like, I, you know, I love Jack and Daxter. So like I was... I'm still playing oh those games God. to this day, the right? Best. So the yeah, they're so yeah. good, man. They gotta go back. And um, so yeah, 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 you can still see those types of practices being applied <laughs> into the games they make today because I was already familiar with those. But for the, I guess what I'm realizing is I thought I was pretty educated, but as I play more of these older games, I'm like, huh, I don't think I knew as much as I thought I did. Yeah, right. That's mm. that's super interesting. Are you a now? Are you a Jack two or a Jack three person? Like, what's your, what's your favorite Jack and Daxter? Jack three. That's I respect that. It's hard. I go back and forth even today because Jack Three is way like I find tighter of a game and a story. Jack Two's so, like can feel really long winded, but I just there's something about the world of Jack Two that I just fucking love. But then you have Jack Three and the there's just it, it just felt like a living world with constant powers. battles going. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then leaving the town in like a new vehicle and flying around, driving around. I, I just thought that was cool. That was already in Jack Two, but I felt that they they expanded on that in Jack Three. I really liked that game a lot. Yeah, that, yeah, they did. James, wait, have you never? I'm sure we've had this conversation over no, the years. No. You've never played the Jack and Daxter games. I haven't. No. Oh. When did they Dude, come out? Dude, I think you need to. Like, early 2000s? Yeah. What was I playing in the early 2000s? Like, Ratchet and Clank era. Yeah, exactly. Probably Sonic. I mean, I I was more playing Nintendo stuff. I had a PS2, but I didn't play much of it. Um, How I mainly played you? GameCube. This, um, see, this is why I had to save James, Matty, you see, when we so, started doing these shows. You're trying to suggest ago, the GameCube like, isn't a god-tier console that was the best I, I am, so, I, I, I am, suggest I right am suggesting that. I am suggesting that. 100% suggesting Ridiculous. that. I, I think and it's because, well, what weren't you doing the PS2? You should have been playing Kingdom Hearts, but instead uh, I had to save this adult and get you to play Kingdom yeah, Hearts, but, but you weren't doing I that. I think it's good that Were I saved you? that. Imagine I, imagine I play Kingdom Hearts at the time and I didn't get to play it now, you know, in the perfect time of my life. 
No, no, I, I'm not saying it didn't work out well in the end. I'm just saying you. It's a fact of the matter is you missed that. You missed <laughs> yeah, true, obviously Ratchet and Clank. Did. You missed Jack and Daxter. Sly you missed Cooper. the great games all time. Sly Cooper. Like, what are we talking about? Mm. What the fuck were you playing on the GameCube that you true, and you're Sonic like Adventure too? You know, <laughs> shit. Mario fuck Sunshine. Sonic. I fucking hate Sonic. I fucking hate Sonic. <laughs> Ridiculous, because it's brilliant. You've probably never played it, have you, Tyler? I have played. I have played Sonic. Oh, okay. I, See, I, I hated I Sonic take, based I, off I the could... modern ones, and so I would like hate the the older ones by default. Because I'm like, certainly they can't be better. And then I went back and played the older ones. And I went, oh shit, I was completely fucking wrong. They're actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Now I'll admit, I don't remember what one I've played. But there was one particular one I played back in the day in that sort of era. And I was like, this is nothing. Like, I'm going to go back and play Jack 3 for the 17th time. That's probably what I did. That's I respect that. And, and in that era, it was also Halo. You're not playing Halo Halo 1 back then? Oh, yeah. I didn't have an Xbox. Halo 1 and I, 2? I had a GameCube and a PS2. Yeah, and you're talking about... Well, of course you're talking about GameCube's god tier because you didn't play the PS2 and you didn't have an Xbox. So you had this one, the third tier console. You're like, well, hey, this look, is the best the GameCube one. was well, it's brilliant. The one you had. Nintendo it's the one you players. had. It was, it was the best. It was the best time. It was the best time. And yeah, the GameCube knows, right? The best controller ever, ever made is the, game, is the GameCube controller. controller. And I, I will not hear that. anything. Else. I, I, I don't it's, know if that is the best, so but good. I do know. I do know what I do know. What is the best of something, James? Do you know what that is? Oh, you'll have to tell me. It's it's a great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always. I forgot to thank our producers at the top end of the show. Of course. They're, they're the best. They're the real best. Like, yeah, the, maybe the GameCube controller is the best, but the best people, <laughs> the great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always that make this show happen. The GameCube controller <laughs> against our Patreon producers. <laughs> I, try, I try to keep it smooth. I try to find a natural transition to jump in mm. and thank our incredible producers. So thank you to Ollie the Superior, Ollie, Damien, the Not So Orange Gnome, Ferentino, Flash Paradox, Franco, Jesper Olsen, King Richard III, Ulbrich, Ryan Hafer, Viridian, and of course, Bullsack 47. Thank you, you sweet bitches, lads, <laughs> for helping power this I podcast. About so that if you guy. like what you're listening to here and you want to hear more, <laughs> head over there to patreon.com forward slash stories. <laughs> yeah, Bullsack 47 is a classic. Um, fat Fuck Cuck's a good one. That's, I think, <laughs> oh, when you first gone? joined. That's the, yeah, he's not around anymore, but Colin used to laugh. It didn't matter how many times we had Colin on the show, we'd laugh every time I read that name out. And it's like, yep. Oh, I miss Fat, fat Fuck, fuck cuck. cuck. I do. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. I'm, I miss saying it. I just every week, don't get why Ballsack needs the number at the end. Not to go in on this one individual patron. Just <laughs> own, well, the, own the Ballsack. Like 47 sounds like you're trying to make it an actual gamer tag. Clearly, we're trolling when you're putting Ballsack in your name. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that's a good so, point. That's a, no, well, because, actually, because yeah, it no way. It came from us, but, right? It came from us. I called him yeah. Ballsack 47, and it because his his he's. Where's Bullsack from? Like he's American, his, but is he's, he's he's from um, Bangladesh? Is like where his family's from, right? So he had a bit of an interesting name, and I'm like, it reads like I was like reading the list really fast. I hadn't read the name before. This is years and years. It was probably like five, six years ago, and I read the name really quick. And I'm like, oh, and I and I laugh. I'm like, man, I was almost read that like Bullsack, and then I just kept reading it Bullsack until he changed it to Bullsack 47. <laughs> and then we'd have like guests on the show, and he would become patrons on them. And I remember watching someone's like video, and they had like their patron list at the start of their video intro, and it had Bullsack 47 yeah. on there. I'm like. <laughs> 
brilliant. <laughs> I just love that I'm fucking negatively affecting people's content by them having to put Bolsai 47's name up there. You gotta give the Patriots the card no also- matter what. <laughs> There's a lot of these names are uh, really based on us reading the name and then judging names and then people then will make memes of it and then people will change their names to it and things like that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... The list is ever-changing. The list is... Um, yeah, it's it's longer at the end and we do our long one at the end and there's some... Yeah, people uh, really get creative there, certainly. Um, and, and try to get us to say things we don't like to say. Um, oh, but yeah. not necessarily like necessarily like a, a bad word or something, but it could be like saying we like a franchise or something that we fucking hate. Mm. Like, so people do things like that. So, um, a lot of Zack Schneider stuff from Eddie. He'll always try to make us say nice things about Zack Schneider movies and like Batman vs Superman, shit <laughs> like that. And yeah, he paid Josh to put in on the last um, Four Pillars podcast. Uh, posters in the background of our rooms of like the Justice League and Batman vs Superman. I watched that video. I watched that when he when the the, the edit Josh posted. <laughs> I think it was on your Twitter, James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it was, was brilliant. So I didn't even brilliant. know he did it. Josh didn't tell me. I was just I happened to just be watching the premiere of our podcast and it happened. And I was like, wait, what the fuck has Josh done? There's this whole edit. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, I've got to clip that. That's got to go on Twitter. That's, that's brilliant. He does the same shit with my videos. Like, I'll just, like, hand him files for, like, a standard news update. And I, I mentioned something about, like, the, the Mr. Maddie crew. And he made this, like, rap album of, like, me and my him and then another <laughs> editor that works on my channel occasionally. And, and, like, made it black and white. Put, like, the parental advisory thing. And just he just went hard with it for no reason. Like, I, Josh's meme game that's is right. astounding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's, he'll just do things like that. And he was like, oh, I've made this clip of this random thing. And I was like, I don't know. How do you do that? Yeah. How do you come <laughs> up with that? He'll, uh, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. We love Josh. It's it's so funny. But I did know about it, like, after the fact. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to do something else to it. I'm not going to put those posts in the background. I'm like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> okay, then. I, I'm not sure what you're doing. <laughs> but I knew something was happening. And then when I saw it and that it was Joe in there, I was like, that's fucking brilliant yeah. that's, that's so funny yeah. that's so funny <clears throat> um i i did uh have a, a question for you maddie because you did mention throughout well, as we're talking about the retro games playing a bunch of final fantasies um now <clears throat> i didn't realize until the latest announcement but you're a kingdom hearts guy also mm-hmm. yes quite a bit what's we talked um, about this last did we talk episode about this last right? did we did we? It was I so, so long ago. I I I've just forgotten. We, yeah, I don't remember. You do so many podcasts. I don't remember a podcast twenty four hours after recording the podcast. That is I would. I wouldn't even point. say that. Yeah. I would say. I would say almost immediately. I would say once, yeah. like we're yeah. off the call. I couldn't tell you what we talked about. <laughs> I'll have no idea. That's I'll true. have to go listen. I'll have to go listen back and be like, oh yeah, that then cements it in my brain. But I'm not going to remember anything else. Um, but Kingdom Hearts four. Mm. Uh, got announced, and Maddie, I want to know. I want to know your thoughts. How, what thoughts, feelings, predictions? Yeah, this the thing with Kingdom Hearts that has me conflicted is Kingdom Hearts Two. I should start off with just so people know is one of my favorite games ever made. Like it's just so much fan service. It's such an amazing combat system. Everything about that game is fantastic, even if it gets a little convoluted. What happens, though, is as you get deeper in the series, as I'm sure many have heard, and they already know, it just gets more and more confusing, and you kind of have to adapt your taste to the game. And for me, as someone who's very story-driven, I was kind of annoyed that the story got so convoluted when it was actually pretty good. 
And so you just have to enjoy the adventure and the characters. But now with Kingdom Hearts 4, we're hearing about reality, fucking unreality, whatever whatever gibberish that is, and how Sora is dead <laughs> but alive. And I, I just... I, I What I've sworn to myself is as much as I want to sit here and go, I can't bother to care. Me being the, the, the hardcore weirdo I am, I want to go through the series and remind myself what I love about it. Because it's been really since the 2.8 <clears throat> HD remix. Technically Kingdom Hearts 3 when it came out. But like we're talking about the older Kingdom Hearts game that were like the foundation building blocks of me liking the series. It's like, you know, I got to go back and remind myself, what did I love about these games? Was it even the story or am I just annoyed at how crazy it gets? Because all of that comes from Dream Drop Distance. I despise that game. That's one of my most hated games ever. I just, that ending, really? that ending bothers me so much. I do <clears throat> not like that ending at all. I feel like it ruined that whole series because Tetsuya Nomura can't not galaxy brain anything and just keep it out. Oh, at- see, I love that. That's what I love about Kingdom Respect Hearts is that it's that. kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but I, I, I like that, you know? Yeah, sorry. Well, I got wait, off track, which part though. of the ending? Which which part of the ending of Dream Drop Distance? This is now. This is I, I love going off track. This is, <laughs> Am I allowed to spoil? Yeah, no, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, Dream yeah, Drop sure. Distance, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure in case anyone's listening. But um, yeah. So for me, it's when they no try one's listening. To, like, Don't worry, no one listens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us. It's just us. Yeah. Um. For me, it's when they they level one Sora and they pretend that I think it was like Xehanort was there on Destiny Island from the beginning in Kingdom Hearts 1. And he's like walking into that. I forget the name of it, but like that tree where all like the writing is. And like he was there from day one. And like that's how they got their powers or something like that. It was something fucking stupid. I don't remember it tit for tat because it's been since 2018, I think. When did they drop? 2.8 HD remix. Maybe that was 2017. Well, yeah, that was 2018. Was okay. or maybe it was, it was 2017, but but DDD was 2012 when it first came. I played DDD yeah, again I play, when they I did play. the HD remaster. It's, it was the second. Did time you I play it on the 3DS? When it yeah, I played it on out? 3DS. I was hyped at 3DS. And that's when you hated it. Yeah, I didn't like the ending in 3DS. Um, but I was hyped okay. because I I got the secret report that said something about like the next new number, and they were clearly teasing Kingdom Hearts three. So I didn't care at the time. But then pre Kingdom Hearts three. When I replayed it again on 2.8, I was like, this is just so stupid. It doesn't help that I think some of the worlds also suck, like the Hunchback in Notre Dame. I'm like, who the fuck cares about this oh, place? That's Tr- try? Try Dude, again? No. Wow. DDD is so much better than KH2, though. Yes, it is. But I just don't like Tron in general. So I'm just like, man. Yeah, true. No, it's a weird property to use. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here saying, like, Star Wars is going to be great in Kingdom Hearts. So everyone's taste is different. That's what makes the series wonderful, if I could try to stay positive about it. But that's... If I'm remembering it correctly, you guys can feel free to correct me. That's kind of what I didn't like about DDD was the way they tried to like connect it to the first game and level one Sora and make him powerless heading into Kingdom Hearts 3 when he really should have been like on the top of the mountain as powerful as he could be taking on Master Xehanort. Like I thought that's how it should have concluded. But uh, for Kingdom Hearts 4, you know, the the thing I'm having trouble with is I guess it, it doesn't feel like I can legitimize my excitement about anything outside of like the idea of oh they might do Star Wars because we know that they're going to make this game in Unreal Engine 5 but they thought like now would be a good time to reveal it anyway in Unreal Engine 4 and they're saying the next time you see the game it'll be Unreal Engine 5 I'm like why the fuck did you show it to us you know I just yeah. I, I, I can't wrap my head around yeah. some of their logic there um, I don't feel like it's been I guess so it's just long. the 20 year anniversary surely like it's yes. just because it's like they felt like they had to announce it now yes 
I feel like they could have done a picture mm-hmm. at that point or said, like, the next Kingdom Hearts game is in development. Is that a little underwhelming for people? Yes, but Square Enix has, like, a really bad problem in my eyes of just showing things way too early. What's actually got me excited, though, about Kingdom Hearts 4, I'm curious if you gents agree, is their, the connection to, to Final Fantasy Versus 13. I That was a game mm-hmm. that I remember, like... Yeah watching over and over because i couldn't get into final fantasy when i was younger because i just didn't like turn-based combat funny enough it's what i love now but i couldn't get into turn-based but final fantasy versus 13 those original ps3 gameplay clips like that was a game that spoke to me it's like yo it's action combat like kingdom Hearts 2 but it's final fantasy characters so keeping that idea alive in kingdom Hearts 4 i like because i'm hyped to see what that becomes but at the same time i can't help but sit here and feel like kingdom arts has become this series that tetsuya just makes whatever he wants within it instead of sticking to the identity of what kingdom hearts is which is this disney and final fantasy collaboration but now putting ideas of of a canceled game in there and having fans like kind of break the fourth wall with it it, it's become a little weird for me where i i don't i don't know if you guys agree with this but i always just say tetsuya nomura is fucking bored like, this guy's been in the industry for two-plus decades, and he's written, like, dozens of games. Like, I feel like he's at the point, he's like, yeah, I've seen everything. Wouldn't it be fucking cool if I took ideas from a canceled game and just threw it into Kingdom Hearts 4? Like, yeah, the fourth mm-hmm. entry in the mainline series? Hell yeah, let's do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. I It's something I struggle to really get behind, but on a conceptual level, on a gameplay level, I'm sure it'll be great, provided it's not as easy as Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm, yeah, for sure. I think definitely... I, th- I, I think for Kingdom Hearts in the modern era... Um, I can definitely understand where you're coming from, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, logically, everything you're saying, I'm like, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, but then it's also like, I kind of just love Nomura going batshit and doing all this yeah. crazy stuff, and I'm kind of just along for the ride. I'm kind of just like, oh, I love all of it. Um, it doesn't really come from, like, a wholly logical place. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of love that it's, like, a mess, but also there's kind of a rhyme and reason to it as well. Like... I'm very hardcore into Kingdom Hearts, like, I follow every little detail, and if you do that, which is kind of what you have to do with it, which is, like, the way they've made it, which you could definitely say is a flaw, like, when you do that, you kind of, you notice all these little things, and you're like, oh, that's why they did this, and that's why they did that, and it's like, it's kind of crazy in that sense, but I almost admire that about it, um, yeah. which is, like, yeah, I, I, I vibe with that whole aspect, and, like, the Versus 13 stuff is really exciting to see that, like, I was never into Final Fantasy as a kid, but I've got into Final Fantasy a lot recently in the past few years. I've been like playing through all of them in order. I saw very, you very play, first one. Was it four? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I played four recently. I'm I'm playing five now. I've been just going through all of them because they released those pixel games. Four is fucking brilliant. I absolutely love four. It's definitely my favorite so far of the old ones. Like, I it's difficult to like put four up against like seven remake because they're totally different. But uh. Of the old ones, I'm definitely yeah. Four was absolutely have you, fantastic. Have you played um, nine? No, no, I've not. I've, I'm, I'm literally, literally like I played. I played, I played fifteen. 15 when came, it came out. out. Uh, I thought it was like fine. Sure. Um, and then when seven remake came out, like a bunch of my friends were saying like, oh, you got to play it. You got to play seven remake. Um, and after because I just like recently played through Kingdom Hearts and I was super into that and everything. I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. You know, it's a JRPG. It's Final Fantasy. It's pretty close to Kingdom Hearts in that sense. Like, there's that connection there. Um, so I was like, I'll give it a go. And I fucking loved 7 Remake. I absolutely nice. fell in love with that game. Yeah, that um, and so I I just decided afterwards, you know what? I'm just going to play all of them and see what I like about all of them. I'll just slowly get through them all on stream. And so 
currently i'm doing five um everyone's very looking forward for me to get to seven which i am too to eventually mm, play the yeah, original, you never so that's play the original. Oh. Yeah. yeah and and also <laughs> i don't know anything about it like everyone keeps saying like i can't believe you haven't got the ending spoiled or like whatever yeah, and i'm like i just crazy. i haven't i haven't at all i know nothing about final fantasy 7 so it's gonna be fun nine to go is, through that. Nine is my favorite. Yeah. That's why I was asking. Nine is yeah. is my favorite. I played that last year, and um, if you like the gameplay of the older ones, then I, I'm curious how you'll feel mm -hmm. about nine because I think nine, just by and large, from what I've played, which I've played uh, six, seven, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fifteen, a little bit of fourteen, um, is I, I think nine's got the best story. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's so emotional, man. It's it's amazing so I'm, I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on that when you get to it that's exciting a lot of people have said like tons of people that'll show up and chat while i'm like streaming and be like oh, i can't wait till you get to you know eight or nine or ten or whatever like because people are just all they like have their favorites and so it's interesting because it's a franchise where they do try lots of different things and they take at different places and develop upon each game and so sure it's gonna be fun to go through them and like see 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 where each one goes i'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure how long was four by the way just for a sec Obviously, um, i want to know for when i play it i did i did pretty much everything i think there was to do like i did like like optional dungeons and stuff and i think it was about like 15 to 20 hours it's not, not so super ideal long. for these jrpgs man they're, they're like so big nowadays which is like a blessing and a curse because mm -hmm. if it's like persona 5 right you're like hell yeah give me more oh, yeah. yeah but when it's when it's like <laughs> yeah. a final Fantasy 15 you brought up you're like this is fine like it's just uh 80 hours later you're like i could have played so many more games in that window yeah you're like there's no need there's no need but like that's been what's so fun about playing these really old ones is like you know i finished final fantasy one in about 12 hours i got all the content out of it it was just it was just really nice it was a really nice tight good like old jrpg it was just fun so right that's that's nice I uh, I've loaded up Dream Drop Distance because we we're talking about it. Oh no! And I was you like, play the whole thing again? I haven't. I, I will play the whole thing again. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> because I, I have such a positive memories of it, and just hearing hearing Maddie say it, I was like, oh. But I'll tell you why I think that. I'll tell you why I think yeah. that. Yeah. I had a very weird relationship with Kingdom Hearts, where like, I Kingdom Hearts One is my favorite game of all time. Number one is Kingdom Hearts One, and like KH1 I like I played when it came out on the PS2 I remember remember getting it for Christmas like I just fucking adore that game still do to this day and then mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts 2 comes out though at, during, at, in those days it came out at such different times depending on what country you're in but it came out in Australia on my birthday my like 11th birthday mm. and I thought it was good like, I, I did love it, but I didn't like it nearly as much as the first one. Mm. Like, I hated Roxas. I was like, why the fuck am I spending three hours playing as this fucking... Who cares? Like, I was like, where's Sora? Like, I'm 11. I'm just like, where the fuck Sora? You're 11 and you're and wrong, the, all right? Yeah. And I was, <laughs> I was going to say, but thank like, you. Yeah. I, I love Roxas now, but at yes. the time I was like... I, I totally get that. What's... What is mm. this? Like... And then we're following the poster, I'm like, this is great. And then by the end, I was like, I don't know what's even happening anymore. Like, the, all the nobodies, the organization, I was like, I just want to fucking play Disney Worlds. And this is a bit, like, a bit much with all the other stuff. Sure. Uh, and then w after sort of Kingdom Hearts 2 came out that sort of year, I just sort of was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, Kingdom Hearts is great. But I just was moving on to other games. I was focusing on other things. I was playing 
you know, Fable and Halo. And I was just, it, it, it sort of went on the back burner for me. Though my main, when I think of my main childhood game that I played, like, yeah, sure, there's Halo 1 and 2 and there's Jack and Dax and Ratchet and Clank. Kingdom Hearts is the one I think about the most. And I didn't play Birth by Sleep when it came out. Like, Damn. I was just sort of like, yeah, I, I'll play Kingdom Hearts 3 whenever that comes out, but will it ever come out? I just haven't heard anything. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Yep. And then in 2012, there's uh, my brother gets a 3DS and this Dream Drop Distance comes out. I'm like, oh, holy shit. And because it was like the PS2 graphics and art style and everything, playing Dream Drop Distance was like the first time in six years I'd really played Kingdom Hearts and reminded me of like, oh yeah, fucking this is the best shit ever. Mm, so right. I just sort of like had that like, it was my return to the franchise. Okay. Uh, was Dream Drop Distance and it was just r- reminded me of the things I loved about it. But I also like, I love Tron. I like I the like original Tron movie. I love, I love Hunchback really? from Notre Dame. I love Fantasia. Like all the ones I'm like, oh, I just love yes. how, and I I love how that's such niche Disney worlds that wouldn't be anywhere else other than in a side yeah, game like this. I'm like, you wouldn't. Yeah. And even Three Musketeers. Like, I love Mickey mm. Mouse cartoons. Like, I love the old and like Mickey Mouse cartoons. And like, you go on Disney Plus and there's like the old black and white ones. You can watch the old Mickey Mouse series. They're fucking great. Like, <laughs> they're funny as shit, some of those Mickey Mouse ones. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just loved the nicheness of those Disney worlds. And it felt back to the core roots. I mean, I hated the the <coughs> the drop meter and all that shit. That was terrible. Um, you know, how you drop in and out um, between Riku and, and Sora. But I loved that you played as Riku. Like, there's just things I loved about it. Uh, and then it made it clear, like you said, that three's the next one. It's like, okay, finally. It's been six years waiting. Surely three, they'll announce it soon. It'll come in like two years. Lol. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they announced the it the next later. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, was brilliant for me because it got like it was the remaster packages. I was like, I I had watched like playthroughs of uh, Birth by Sleep, but I never played. I never had a PSP. But like the remaster packages, I got to play for the first time. Um, you know, Chain of Memories, Birth by Sleep, recoded like uh, three five eight over two over two days and all that. Like, I got to really go deeper into the franchise than I ever had before and replay it like a Kingdom Hearts two again. Uh, and be like, oh yeah, really appreciate it. And and I probably am more in love with the franchise like during those the build up to three than I ever was, other than the fact that one's still my favorite. And then three came out, and I person personally loved it. Personally loved it. I can see criticism to it. I I think I'd been a Kingdom Hearts fan long enough to know that I'm like, look, I know there'll be a there'll be a DLC, and they'll do like a final mix within like a year or two, and all the criticism will be gone of this game because I've seen this happen twice now. You know, they did it with Kingdom Hearts 2 and 1, though not that they were disliked or anything, but I just know they'll improve on it and they'll build on it. This isn't the final version of Kingdom Hearts 3 is all I know. Right. And of course, Remake yeah, came the out. The way you, you speak about DDD is how I feel about Kingdom Hearts 3. One thing I do want to say positively about DDD, for those who have never played it, is they have in the beginning the World Ends With You characters, like you see Neku, and like mm-hmm. I had no idea who those characters were until my friend told me he's like oh they're from this game called The World Ends With You this like niche I think it was like 2008 Nintendo DS game I check it out I'm like this game looks rad 
and it ends up being a series that's really good and they just got a sequel last year neo the world ends with you that if if you guys like kingdom hearts you should really look into this like it's got a lot of the mm, tetsuya namara no. flair especially on the art style art side of things but it's it's excellent in the story department especially if you played the first game like, it's a lot of fan service there it's one of those games that evokes that feeling of i can't believe this actually exists not in a crazy dumb way but in a yeah, this feels like it's just tailor-made for a small set of fans so it feels a little more personal mm. um but what you were saying tyler about kingdom hearts dream drop distance and it's it's worlds like anytime i bring up kingdom hearts 3 it's one of those things where you just accept like yeah i get it like the combat was really easy it's a flawed game but for me the worlds were like amazing i've been begging for toy story for like my whole lifetime like toy story is, is my favorite pixar film i love toy story so seeing that in there uh, one of my favorite newer Disney movies was Big Hero 6. I think Baymax is fucking hilarious. So I, I watched that movie a ton of times. Like seeing those planets appear and then like Pirates of the Caribbean reimagined where like you remember what it was like in Kingdom Hearts 2. But then you see this terrible. Wait, you didn't like it in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3? No, I hate. No, Kingdom Hearts two, I hated. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, yeah. Sorry, because with the with the nighttime thing where you had to wait for the, the I think the moon to come out before you could attack them or something like that. That was oh frustrating. god yeah. yeah but yeah. yeah exactly you reimagine that where that frustration's gone in kingdom hearts 3 and you're like riding around on a ship stopping at all the islands i don't know i thought it was dope so i get where you're coming from mm -hmm. like I, I totally see what you mean where like when it speaks directly to you through those properties it's like it's hard to top it's really hard to top that's well that's the beauty of kingdom hearts like and why people can have different favorite kingdom hearts games even though you accept like you said there's flaws to it but you're like yeah but the beauty of kingdom hearts is that it, it also, it has its own story and its own overarching thing, but it has these little things that really, it gives you memories. Mm. All throughout it, it gives you memories. Like, there's no game like it where you got a different Disney world. It's like, when I explain this to my friends, like, they, they're they like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, my friends don't really play many games. They play, like, Rocket League. Like, that's, uh, they'll get high and play Rocket League. That's it. <laughs> like, you know, like, and when I show uh, them kingdom hearts are like this is actually blowing my mind that this mm -hmm. exists and how i don't know that this exists until right now it, it it's brilliant and like i said kingdom hearts 3 that's the one one of the things i absolutely adore about it. i thought it's the best disney worlds i've ever done not just necessarily the worlds themselves and my favorite movies i just thought the way they were done in it was the best like tangled Tangled's i think tangled's awesome. a solid movie tangled but is, i think yeah, that's the yeah. maybe the best world ever done in the kingdom hearts franchise yeah it's just the bosses really the, the lack of disney properties for the bosses really hurt mm. that game like if they could do a final yeah. mix with that i know they couldn't and it's not really anyone's fault at square enix for that but man that that hurt that game that's what i think took the wind out of the sails no final fantasy no disney properties when it came to like the big boss fights like that that's why i love kingdom hearts too because when I was mm -hmm. making my Retro Rebound video on the whole Kingdom Hearts series, I was actually looking at Kingdom Hearts 2 footage about the Howl Bastion scene where, like, you see characters from all these different Final Fantasy games appear. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, after, I'm, I'm sure you guys can relate, like, after playing some of these Final Fantasy games and then seeing them in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like, wow, this is this is insane that this was even a thing. And then you look at what it is now and mm -hmm. you don't see as much of that. I'm, I know with Remind, I think they appear, right? Apparently, like, Kingdom Hearts and yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy start to cross yeah, over again. All right, that's have cool. you not played Remind? I have not. I, I actually don't know much about 
Verum Rex and and what's happening there because oh I, I fell out oh yeah I think that's 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 a mission I gotta I gotta do that. <laughs> Remind was because fantastic. it only the, the, like the data battles it's in amazing. That was so it was so much fun. It I got more playtime out of Remind than I got out of Base Kingdom Hearts Three purely because the data fights took me so fucking long. Did they they're so hard, do anything with I the base that. game with Remind? I don't I don't know what it, it's an expansion. They they, they 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 did so they did a couple things with like remind they like added some other stuff so like when you pay for remind you get remind like it's a whole dlc with like a story and they added like context and stuff to the ending of kh3 then you've got stuff that like sets up future stuff and then you've got the data battles as well Mm. um but also i believe what they did is they also added in Oathkeeper and oblivion keyblades and they changed the, the the combos and the way that combos work um so like they added a bunch of stuff in from like kh2 and it makes ground combat feel a lot more tight and snappy it's it's like night and day between like base kh3 and remind kh3 the fight system just feels so much more like there's just something to it that like just feels natural whereas kh3 felt a bit more floaty originally um gotcha and i think they like rescored some stuff and did like change some skyboxes and things i think there was like some little bits they just like changed that, around. that definitely interests me a little bit more. Is that when they yeah added, critical added mode critical. was added yeah i remember that and critical yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was the- they really did a lot for like the whole ending sequence of the game where like they just changed a bunch of the skyboxes a little bit of the music here and there there's just like some bits and bobs and then reminds like story part adds some like much needed context and stuff because a lot of it like it was criticized for a lot of it retreading the ending of kh3 which it does do um and i do think it's still probably an overpriced dlc but what it does do like as a piece of content regardless of the price is quite good um and i I enjoyed that yeah no i highly recommend you play it especially like Mm. the data battles themselves are just so brilliant and uh, the hardest battle, and then you've got Yazora with the like the secret episode, oh which God. is the hardest so boss fight really. in the history of the Kingdom Hearts mm. franchise. Um, okay. Oh, I think on I did it on norm, like in our community, the quite a lot of people play Kingdom Hearts. I think on any difficulty, three people beat Yazora in the secret episode. Like wow. on most any difficulty, gave three up, people. Yeah. Most people gave up. I beat it. James and, and George beat it and Jas beat it. You guys beat it on critical. I played it on normal. It took me twelve hours to beat it on normal. Wow. Wow. Like to beat the one boss. Like it took wow. twelve hours to beat it on normal difficulty. It was unbelievable. So much fun and wow. so satisfying to beat. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of shit I love. It's like have, it's like Nomura was like, Oh, you have to train for KH three's too easy. Let's Make this DLC and make it the hardest game you've ever fucking played. Nice. Um, which, to be fair, yeah. I appreciate because Cage Three was far too easy. So yeah, I that agree, I agree with that entirely. Yeah, because yeah, having like to, to play the secret episode, you need to be level um, ninety nine. You need to have ultimate weapon. You need to have like every stat max boosted to even have a shot at fighting this final boss. Like you have no shot if you you don't have the best weapons, best stats, highest level. You don't even have a chance. You'll get one hit, you're done. And like that's what that fight's like where you pretty much have, on normal, you have a tiny little bit of leeway where you can get hit twice. Critical, you can't get, you pretty much can't get hit at all at any point. Um, so you've got to know every move this guy's going to do and it's still going to be like a 20 minute boss battle. Gotcha. Like, 
It's just you have to master it's every wild. element of him, every move. You have to know. And there's so many variations of all his moves. Like, I remember before streams, like, I'd have, like, three-hour stream, and then I'd be like, okay, made a bit of progress, and then I'd have to, like, go off. I'd spend the week, and you're studying, like, play tactics and watching his things, and then you'd come back the next week, and I'd stream for another three hours, and I'd get a little further. <laughs> you'd get a little better. And I'd master different sets of moves. Like, I think it was, like, three different streams it took me to, to actually beat him. It's 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 brilliant. I loved, and then I loved knowing that James and George were going to stream it on Critical and play it. It took you guys like fifteen hours, I think, to it do. It took us a while, yeah. But but we didn't beat it. Like we, the only reason we beat it in that one stream was because we would we we like mastered half of the fight each. So like, there's one half, and once you get his health down to a certain point, he does his desperation move. And then you have to work your way through that whole segment. And then after that, he changes his entire attack pan. And you have to master a completely different fight. So, like, I would memorize half of it. George would memorize the other half. And we just swapped the controller afterwards. And it just made it so much easier. But even that took us such a long time. It was crazy. But it was really really fun. That's cool. I remember mastering that first half and being like, fuck yeah, I feel so fucking good at this game. And then I finally... (laughs) Just getting through his desperation move was his dm was so difficult just to survive it's so insane there's so many little things that can happen in that dm and then you get to the second mm-hmm. half i was like sweet this should be fine and then realizing he has zero attacks that are the same every attack's different and it's like no fucking way and then you've got to spend hours and hours mastering the second one and then you've got to somehow be able to remember them all at the same time in the same battle because you've got to be able to know that i'm like okay okay i know that this setup usually means that but i've got to have two ways of doing something in my head at the same time and know that at this moment it changes and it fucks with your head like as you're playing and it fucks with your muscle memory (laughs) it's it's beautiful it's so good it's so good but uh, surely I'm thinking because they knew the criticism of that from 3 they fixed it with rebind and maybe overcorrect in some ways surely to me I'm like in 4 they know that's what we want they're not going to do that again yeah, it's you weird. Think so. like Kingdom Hearts was never like crunchy difficult. It was just you know you, the, you had to remember boss patterns, and you didn't have to do that in Kingdom Hearts three. I think that's where it really came down to like the base standard gameplay. Even in Kingdom Hearts three, I thought was perfectly fine. You were busted and you were mowing them down, mm-hmm. but I feel like I got to that point in all the Kingdom Hearts games. It was really just the boss fights. You had to know different patterns, and um, I feel mm-hmm. like three never really encouraged that so it to me on a design level it just sounds like a slight adjustment like they just need to focus on that a little bit more but at the same time we got to remember as men children we have to remember this is likely being targeted at kids so they have to make this game accessible <laughs> to kids <laughs> yeah look just look, throw in that critical mode make it well balanced we're sorted we're all right you can make normal as easy as you want just give me give me that critical mode it we're, we're fine yeah not having that at launch was was pretty unacceptable for the the series pedigree i feel yeah, yeah that sucked i agree with that i definitely agree with that it's yeah the, no the hope's definitely for um uh it, at the very least to be well balanced have that critical mode coming into four mm. and also like just tonally going to be a very different thing and and obviously remind set up a lot of what's coming into four uh especially introducing yuzora and and mm-hmm. and quadratum and this new sort of world we're going to and there's also but also one of the great games of all time uh kingdom Hearts melody of memory the kingdom Hearts rhythm game oh, that really yes. set up are you being um, serious this oh james and i are we kingdom love, Hearts chills it. maddie and we love <laughs> melody of memory the rhythm game love it 
It is. You're not fucking so fun. fun right? It's so, so fun. fun. No, no, seriously, seriously. I was waiting for less. It's okay. so fucking fun. What's fun about it? <laughs> Someone explain it. Well, it's, it's because I it's love the fun dancing, of a right? rhythm so game. I get it. Like I it's... get loving a series and the music in the series, but like I know mm. there's a point in the story, something to do with Kyrie. That's important. That and is, yeah. This that is, is Kyrie's really finally really Kyrie gets yeah. a game, and it's a rhythm game where you don't play as her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not perfect in that department, but it's. So you also I... play Kyrie and Remind Maddie, you, like, and they like do her. A lot oh, more really? Justice than they oh, do in the main game. Yeah. You, wow. you, have, like, you fight Xehanort as Kyrie, and it's fucking sick. Her moveset. Are you awesome. kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding you, dude. You play, you play as Mickey. You play as uh, everyone in the. Um, you play the whole six-hour ending battles again, but from as all the different characters in a different timeline. Oh, dude, it's fucking. Is that awesome. like? Do you pick it from the main menu, or do you go through the base game and it, it does it like in the in? It does it like as you're playing. It'll like take you to fights that you've seen already, and it'll be like pick like choose which. It's character in the menu though. Play it's Sora. Wait. Yeah, it's not you, like at wait, the end of the base mean? game. Maddie's like, oh, as so in, like, does it replace it? Like, yeah, like oh, if I'm no, playing through yeah, the base yeah. game, do I get to a different ending, or do you click like remind and it brings you to the? No, remind will, is like a separate thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. And it'll like have you go back through that bit again. It's it's weird in that sense, and like a lot of people said, like it would be good if like when you like if with remind if it just replaced the ending instead, so you play through it. But the way that remind setup doesn't really. It, it wouldn't work. Like, you kind of have to have played the first ending and then play Remind as, like, this alternate retelling of it for it to, like, work. Because otherwise it just sort of doesn't. Which is a bit weird, especially if, you like, you're finishing KH3 and you're jumping straight into Remind. It's going to be like, oh, I, ju I just saw this. Um, but if, like, you you know, you're playing it, you know, a few months after or whatever, you leave some time, it's, it's not so bad. It's so brilliant. But yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's so brilliant. I think it was playing as Aqua that was like, this is all I want. Mm. This is just all I want. In 2.8 okay. uh, or 0 0.2, whatever the hell it's called, yeah. Oh, I'm literally, I'm, that's what I just loaded that up right now. I, Aqua's my second great. favorite, second favorite. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was actually the way I got my girlfriend into in the Kingdom Hearts was uh, showing her that. And then she she was going back and, and checking out some of the other games. She hasn't played all of them, but like she was interested because of zero point two, which is just hilarious because that's like probably the worst entry point. But she just played it, <laughs> yeah, liked Aqua, yeah, like yeah, the effects, like the combat, the exploration, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting yeah, like a, a soft sequel to Birth by Sleep that sets up, which is also like the prologue to Kingdom Hearts three, was this really only Kingdom Hearts can get away with type yeah, move. Like, I'm like, what mm. other franchise could do this shit? That boss like, at the end of Zero Point Two was fucking sick too. I love that one. Oh, that was really good. Oh too. yeah, because it reminded yeah. me of the uh, Kingdom Hearts Three like initial reveal trailer with like the the swarm mm -hmm. of Heartless that was almost like this snake, if you will, and uh, yeah. and like it felt like it was finally realized in that boss fight. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the idea from that trailer and put it in the boss. Oh yeah. yeah, no, hundred percent makes sense. Hundred percent. This, and what did you think of the like darkness thing in that trailer for King uh, for Kingdom Hearts Four as well? Like, because uh, they they did talk about like the Heartless wouldn't be a thing. This is years and years ago before three came out. Like three would be the end of that. But it sort of feels like they're just gonna reskin the uh, the Heartless anyway as darkness. They're calling it, but it's pretty much the same. I thing. actually uh, that's news to me. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I didn't know that they were getting rid of the Heartless and all that stuff. And that that was I guess it's probably because I haven't played Remind that there there or maybe I just don't remember Kingdom Hearts three as an ending as well as I thought I did. But 
I, I figured the nobody stuff would probably be put to the side finally. I didn't know about the Heartless, though. I didn't know if that was a, a thing that was done or not. So they're called Darkness now? Is that what I'm understanding properly? Well, I think, I think, I think Heartless is still a thing, but I think it's sort of a different form. I don't know, because they've, obviously they've wrapped up the Xehanort saga now, so that whole era is over. I think with a, I think Heartless is still a thing, but I don't really know. Yeah, I think, what, I guess, I think yeah. they've. T- I think he's gone back on what he originally meant to. Have. Like this is like years ago. I was talking like probably dreamed up distant era where he's like, well, Kingdom Hearts will be the end of the Heartless, but I think that sort of got walked back on. If that yeah, makes sense. yeah, it seems that way at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're definitely doing. They're definitely. They're definitely doing something Heartless esque, if not directly Heartless, mm-hmm. with this darkness entering Quadratum type thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's. It's absolutely brilliant, though. I'm I'm such a sucker for it. I I'm I'm definitely very very excited for for four and whatever they do. Do you think it's Star Wars? Like, is that it's indoor? Is that yeah? It's, it's gotta, gotta be. be. Yeah, the, that the trees yeah. to me, like I'm a Star Wars junkie, and to me those trees are like undeniable. When when you see them, I'm just like I agree. I, I, like before mm-hmm. I even saw and people that... like pointing out like the ATAT foot or whatever, I was just like, mm-hmm. it was just the the environment right away. I was like, that's Endor. That's gotta be. And if it's not then I don't know why they showed it. But um, Star Wars has been, like... I remember I made this video in 2012. If anyone ever wants to check it out, I think it's called, like, Listen Up, Square Enix, Here's What Kingdom Hearts 3 Needs, or something like that. It's like this eight-minute gameplay commentary, and I'm talking over the... the um, What's the name of the secret boss in Kingdom Hearts 2? Something Will? Um, Lingering Will, yeah. Lingering Will? Yeah. I'm talking over like commentary uh, with that as the gameplay. And I mentioned like they need to do Toy Story, which they did. And one of the things I mentioned was like, it's time for Star Wars. So I've been waiting on that for a while. Like a lightsaber keyblade of some kind is going to be amazing. Dude, Given it's Endor, like, yeah, like that's the thing. I feel like the keyblade is the reason why you make it work. And then you just build everything out from there. I I just, I'm wondering which era I imagine if they're showing Endor, it's going to be original trilogy, which I think would be smart. But I just, mm. that was the thing I was kind of worried about is, is like, oh, are they going to like do the sequel trilogy, which I don't despise like so many people, but I don't like it nearly as much as even the prequels. Like I love the prequels. I love the original trilogy, but. Oh, we're going to, can we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi after this as well? Let's, can we do that? Sure. After we finish talking about Kingdom Hearts yeah. 4? Oh yeah. my God. I'm excited for that. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, you know, I feel like Kingdom Hearts and, and Star Wars makes sense, especially you know, I feel like Disney sees a really good opportunity to have like a game that is marketable and very popular that kind of functions as Disney Infinity, but it's not this Toys to Life game. It's just this crazy world that's been established since what was it like 2005 or something. And it, it it's able to use all the Disney stuff that exists that they own. And I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually see Marvel. If you're going to put Star Wars in there. I feel like that's where things get a little dangerous for some hardcore fans is like, I feel like you you Mm -hmm. kick down the door on like anything goes now. If you're going to put Star Wars in, people are going to start saying like, where's Spider-Man? Where's Iron Man? You know, all this stuff. And, and that would be cool. That would be cool. Right. With this reality on reality thing, I'm guessing they're going to have different styles of worlds for each. Like I think unreality is if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, isn't unreality where Sora is right. Like dead in the real world. Right. And I yeah, feel like that's going to connect to properties that are real, like a uh, a Marvel movie, like like a Star Wars. And I feel like the reality is going to be like where you see all the Disney stuff. My theory for Kingdom Hearts Four is like they're going to split it up almost kind of like a Dream Drop Distance, where like you'll have 
two main protagonists on each side of reality and kind of run through the story in parallel until they meet in the middle or something like that. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm very keen to see what they do for the world. I just hope they don't spoil them all like they did with Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yeah, well. They spoiled everything with Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, the like, final the trailer. The Even the final the battle. Oh, yeah. that makes me so angry. That doll thing Ridiculous makes me marketing. so angry. Yeah. They did that for The World Ends With You as well. For those who know, Neo, The World Ends With You. Do not watch the final trailer. They literally spoil the final part of the game. It's a fucking absurd. I don't know what's wrong with Square Enix, but they've done it again. It wasn't like a, oops, we did this for Kingdom Hearts 3. They're like, yeah, let's just put all the spoilers for this JRPG as well. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did it for 7 Remake too. Is it a Japanese thing? Is that just how they market over there? Is that like... Maybe. Maybe that's just what they like to... I mean, they never used to, though. Like, this feels like a really recent thing that they've just started doing, but maybe I've not been paying attention. I feel like they're just desperate to sell the game, so they... Obviously, with a lot of these games we're talking about, like, all the cool shit... I think a lot of the cool shit's all throughout the game, but for, for the marketing purposes, like, uh, Near the World Ends With You, there's not a lot of, like, CG cutscenes. So, all of these CG cutscenes are literally baked into the end of the game, and they showed every single one of them in this trailer, and it's like, well, that's kind of what's marketable, because it looks flashy, it looks more big budget, it gets people to buy in more, and I feel like they just recognize that weakness, but with Kingdom Hearts, which is already, like, a popular big budget game, I'm like, you didn't have to show the final battle in the Keyblade Graveyard. Like, you didn't have to show... Yeah. everything that transpired yeah. like why why would you ever do that <clears throat> yeah yeah it's really it's... really strange hang on i want to almost remind myself um final battle battle trailer like the the absurdity of what was in that I they never watched Aqua. it at the time. Uh, oh, thank God you never watched like, it, dude. Oh, they showed a I lot th- here, and I'm like, they've already spoiled so much. Like, I, I can't do this to myself. Yeah, they showed so much of, like, Toy Story and Frozen and Tangled. Yeah, they'd already oh revealed, God, like, Pirates. every single world. Every world, I hated that. Oh, yeah, you see a battle where you're playing as Riku, fighting, and you're in, um, and you're in the Realm of Darkness. And I'm like, wow, are you yeah, fucking Yeah, they did show me? that. That's like right towards, yeah. Yeah, they show all the final battle. You've got like Riku fighting Riku. You've got Kyrie the bit where Lee, like... Shion, like, yeah, show he's her. on his knees. you got Donald Dot. you got the bit where Donald fucking dies. That's in the trailer. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you've got Casting Riku Zeta fighting Flare. Dark Riku. Yeah. With yeah, Anton behind. Shion is like... <laughs> Why, man? Why would they do that? They showed Scala, like all the Xehanort copies and stuff. That's crazy. Dude, they literally showed, like, at the moment, Axel meets Shion again. They show Ventus is back. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, they did there. This was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Shout out to these YouTubers, though. Like, they actually reacted to this stuff for content. I'm like, man, spoiled the hell out of the game for yourselves in the meantime. (laughs) That's crazy. Like, the only thing that wasn't spoiled was that final post credit scene with uh, Zigbar Lushu and the Foretellers. Um, that was truly the only plot twist of the whole game. That was oh, yeah, the I only forgot they started calling Axel playing, Lee. Yeah. Why did they do that again? Is that his, like... Well, Lee's the... That's his somebody, yeah. That's his somebody? Yeah. Oh, God, man. Yeah, because his nobody died, <laughs> so his some, his somebody was reconstructed. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. 
just in case you didn't <laughs> oh, know <God>. that's just <laughs> somebody because there's two versions of everyone but really there's three because they also have to have a heartless if there's a nobody usually um that might that's not be true, true. Anymore. unless you're they Kyrie, change these in rules which case yeah i'm about to say they change these rules all the time they it really just depends just, it just depends Nomura just decides it, we don't need to do it this time <laughs> yeah or later on, he'll be like, oh, here's that thing we didn't address before, but we can throw it in now that I've got an idea for it. And we're I like, yeah, we accept that. We accept that. I and accept you know whatever what? he wants to I, do. I eat it Happily. up. Yeah. Whatever you want, Namora. Whatever you want, I'll accept. Whatever you want. It's the only game franchise I just am a fucking simp for. I That's respect true. it. It's like me with Fallout and <laughs> a lot of other things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's a lot of Kingdom Hearts. We'll move on, move on, we'll move on, move on. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's been, what's that? Sorry. Oh, I was just saying whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm good to talk about. Uh, we've, we've, we've got uh, some news. Well, there's been a bit of news uh, this week. Obviously, fucking well, Twitter's been sold Elon Musk, which is just fucking wild. Um, but in the in the world of movies, there's been some some big news. Um, the highest grossing film of all time, still, unfortunately, uh, is Avatar. <laughs> and its sequel, after, what, 15 years? 12 years? Something insane. The second Avatar is finally coming out. End of this year. Um, and it comes out in December. We've got a title. And they're re-releasing the first Avatar worldwide in cinemas in September. Because no one's seen like there's literally teenagers that weren't alive when the first avatar came out i was um, about to ask why but now that makes sense yeah i get that yeah yeah like it's it's for people that have just never that seen the first one kids that are and like 13 like wouldn't have seen it when it came out no it's no, that old no. They're lucky. Um, uh, but oh my God. this is the thing i want to well let's happen to talk about avatar and the sequel but the news that a bunch of cinemas have now been given and are ordering 3D glasses because Avatar 2 will obviously be a big 3D spectacle like the Why? first one. And I'm fucking sitting here like, no, not again. Because Avatar started the 3D trend where everyone fucking was doing 3D movies. The Hobbit, they tried to make it 3D too. They filmed in 3D and that was a big shit part of that. And then no one does 3D anymore because no one fucking likes wearing 3D glasses to go to the cinemas. It I'm not wearing sucks. sunglasses in a dark room to watch a movie. It's not what very is, funny, and it's not is it? good. No. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. Yeah, no. And I'm not kid, saying that Avatar, like, Avatar did it well enough that it justified it as an experience. That was the point of it. But then it started the trend because it? it made all this f- money. It started the trend. So mm. a few things, Maddie. What are you? What are your thoughts on well the three D glasses? Yes, but also, are you an Avatar fan? Are you looking forward to the sequel? There's like four. They've made like four of these films in a row, so they're coming out like year to year now. Yeah, they film like, like four, four at once. once. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with it. Uh, it's fine. Um, I think it's impressive for its time, but like I, I saw it kind of late because I'm not a movie buff at all. So for me, it was just like, oh, you know, I like this. I appreciate it. I've watched it twice now, but. Um, for me, the 3D glasses brings me back to a fucking hilarious story. It was like it was when I was like going on Tinder dates, man. I remember uh, I went to the movie theater to see Coco, and I like threw on like these 3D glasses that were in a bin because that's what they were doing for that movie. And I got a fucking horrible sty from it, man. Like from that on that point forward, I was, oh no, I, yeah, I was just I swore them off. Yeah, right. Imagine getting that on a date, fucking terrible, right? But 
like oh, that, that was God. like the that was the last time I was ever gonna use those. I was like, that's nasty, man. So I don't know. For me, the 3D movie experience never did much for me. You know, it's kind of funny. I um, this goes back to Retro Rebound, but I was unboxing a copy of Sly Three. And I forgot games used to do this, too, because Sly 3 came with, like, these 3D glasses because they had elements of that. And it was this cool thing back in the early 2000s, like, whoa, the screen's coming out at me, dude. But, like, now I'm like, bro, it's 2022. <laughs> like, can we just make the fucking movie? <laughs> like, it's been in development for how long? Yeah. You know, I, that's where I'm at with it. I don't really care about the 3D goggles thing. I don't know if I'm weird for that, by the way, because... I will fully admit I'm a movie casual, like through and through and through again. Like I'm not the person right. you go to for movie and television takes. It's a reason I'm in gaming as a career. It's because I don't know enough about mm. movie and TVs to have educated takes. What's your favorite? What's your favorite movie? Oh man, uh, probably the original TMNT movie from the '90s. I just that that holds a special place in my heart. Wow, that wow. is so random. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's so random. I know. I know, like that's the first one that comes to mind. I love the Lego Movie. That's another one. That's that's an animation masterpiece. I don't know. I've realized when I say I love art. By the way, I'm not talking like a fucking Scorsese film. Okay, I know where people are gonna go with this, but I realize I just like the visual stimulation. Like I love Into the Spider Verse. Like to me, the art the speaks aesthetic. to me more. Yeah, like the aesthetic. It's why like mm -hmm. I'm a pretty avid viewer of anime, but I don't watch a lot of casual TV. I think it's just a style of media speaks to me more than your typical movies and my girlfriend has a a disgustingly long list it's called movies i need to make matt watch and it, like there are some on I there you that. guys could throw out movies you right have now that list? i don't do have that have list, list but i i could try to get it see if she delivers it in time but if not you guys could literally just embarrass me right now i'm totally cool with it you could throw out popular movie titles <laughs> that you're like certainly you've seen this and i'll probably say no to them i can we play this game james yeah, do you yeah. have one you want to throw out Oh god, do I have? Well, I feel like you're the movie have guy. You, I, I mean, like have you? I, okay, you could... okay. I I feel like I've educated James you on some movies. We used to have a podcast called The Cinema Room where we'd watch like just that's where we watched movies, a lot of those watched... movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I got you to watch Goodfellas for the first time. I got you to watch The Godfather mm. for the first time. Um, but mm. what other movies did we watch? Uh, on Strange Cinema Room. <laughs> Oh yeah, we did um, watch Stranger Things. We ruined that. Do you like the show Stranger Things, Maddie? Never seen it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's, keep it I that mean, way. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, you don't like yeah, it? Yeah, keep it that way. No, we, we loved it, but it's... we did the, for season three. We did a spoiler cast for it, and halfway through, we came up with a meme for it, and we just started laughing at it. It's a famous episode, and we re and it made us. We went so deep into the meme that we now hate the show. We made <laughs> ourselves hate the show. I fucking can't hate it. Can't take now. it seriously. And it's not even about, but I can't take it seriously. To me, the whole thing's a joke. The whole show is a fucking joke. I almost want to and watch it like, just to find out what you guys mean. <laughs> that oh, that God, this joke it's... was so good, it forced you to hate it because you're like, yeah, it really is that dumb. I've we I've re-listened to that podcast minutes. though, but it was more of just Ridiculous. like we laughed for 30, 30 minutes straight. We couldn't stop laughing. Oh, that's great. And I'm like, why are we laughing at this? And it was more of like you know the actress Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more about her character and her as an actress and how weird she is. And that was sort of where the joke came from. And then we now have just... We have such love and 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 admiration for Winona Ryder that we once dedicated... We're supposed to do a spoiler cast. We're supposed to do a spoiler cast of Toy Story 4. That's what we literally mm. sat down to do. The Toy Story 4 spoiler cast. But instead... 
We we see. I don't like Toy Story. 4. I thought it was fucking awful. Oh, like I love Toy Story. Yeah, I love Toy Story one, two, three. I thought Toy Story four was fucking awful. I thought it was a shit movie. Like I thought it was no. Point what did it do to you? I had. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was shit. I thought it was pointless. And you, holy pointless. It did. It did offend me as a as a lover of of Toy Story one to three. Um, and three, I could go without. I love three; it's great, but like I don't need it. But I love, I love that three. It three made me cry. Um, oh. Yeah, three oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Whereas mm. four to me was like, I, we didn't need this to happen. This just felt. That's like, that's fair. I love I love that. Like, I, I, I so much that. that like I I was happy to see more, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why we had to go on a soul searching journey for Woody and and him establish that no. he's going to go out on his own. Yeah, I I totally get that. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought three was the perfect place to end it. I just would have loved for it to have stayed there. Um, but anyway, we sit down and we end up doing instead of spoiler cast that goes for an hour and a half about a two minute Squarespace advertisement starring Winona Ryder. <laughs> like we did for an hour and a half. We broke down every shot, every shot in the tra- in, in the ad. And it's an ad. It's called Winona Goes to Winona. And it's a town called Winona. And Winona Ryder visits the town of Winona as a photographer and takes photos and interviews townspeople and makes a website dedicated to it, a portfolio dedicated to it. And it's a square- using Squarespace. And it's a Squarespace ad. Oh, I think there's like a five-minute version. That's what we watch That's for the spoiler cast. <laughs> and it was fucking awesome it was so funny like that's that's yeah i don't know how we got into that but that's the stranger things tangent um so you don't need to watch strange things unless you want to um in yeah unless you want to laugh uh so you i'm just gonna assume you haven't seen like the godfather yes great assumption haven't, haven't seen, seen yeah haven't seen goodfellas nope like you haven't seen those mafia era movies they're a whole like genre and they're just incredible incredible films no, i think you'd love them. i think you would i think you'd find some love i have no that's the thing i don't not watch these just so people know because i like think oh stupid i'm gonna dislike this i i literally think it's something wrong with my brain like i just prioritize other things and i'm like i'll get to it but i don't really give a shit like i'm just there's so much entertainment i, I, get, I get it i get mm-hmm. it i totally get it especially with how long games are I, I feel like i just inherently make that the priority it's like yeah I'm, i'd rather instead of like Maybe I just can't sit still, but the idea of like putting my feet up for like three hours and then watching a movie, I feel like I'm neglecting something. So I'm not crazy about even sitting down sometimes and watching anime. It's just I feel like I'm wasting my time. So that's how I feel about games nowadays. Like I rarely, I just barely play games now than I used to unless it's like the big new games because I don't, they're, they're so much longer. I'd rather watch like a show or a movie because like that's, I sit down for two hours and that's it. I'm finished with it. I don't have to come back tomorrow and play more or continue on or like, you know, there's just a clearer ending and I can really relax and turn off and also like still sort of be on my phone or do this, that and the other. Like I do have that, that sort of thought. So I'm, I'm definitely more of a movie person than a game person. I used to be more of a game person. These days I just, I'm a definitely a movie guy, definitely a movie guy. Um, Mm. Um, truly like have you seen Troy oh, it sounds familiar I, yeah that was That's way back random that, movie. Was, that was way back uh, no it's a, it's a it was a big movie at the time James I know you you didn't see it you know what yeah, yeah I have Isn't it? yeah I have don't people not like it I thought people d- thought it was just like it just yeah it's got like 54% on Rotten Tomatoes it's just like one of those yeah but who gives average... a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes who gives no, a but shit I mean, especially just... for back then it didn't even exist Rotten Tomatoes didn't even exist so it's like a retrospective review 
of the True. school. It was good though. It was a really good film though. I don't know why it only has fifty four percent. It's true. I can't tell you anything about it, it but I know top... I saw it because my friends and I tried to like write a book about it in I think third grade, something like that. I just remember Troy being that. a very relevant that. thing. Was it a book at some point? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I, um, well, it's one of the oldest pieces of literature in history. It's a it's a three thousand year old piece of literature, the Iliad, but Homer who wrote Homer's Odyssey, Homer's the Iliad is the story of Troy. Like we're talking like ancient Greek writers. Yeah, I can't claim I wrote. I, I read that below the age of time. Uh, so probably yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the yeah Troy. What? That's in my top three. I just adore Troy. I fucking love it Troy so was much. Great, yeah. Um. Uh, have you seen many like Nolan films, like your Inception, Interstellar, The Prestige? No. <laughs> the Dark Knight wow. trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Com- okay, comic so book that's... stuff. I'm I'm pretty covered on comic book stuff. Star Wars okay. stuff. You, you, you'll Lord of the Rings. You've obviously you've obviously seen Lord yeah, of the Rings. Hobbit. You, you'll learn God. pretty quickly thank, where, thank where my allegiance lies. <laughs> I'm a, like, at least you're doing that. Like, I'm like, okay, you you. Okay. I'm a casual um, would probably be the best way to put it. Like the big names, right. but I guess I can't say I'm, I'm a casual of like the big properties because like i'd say like inception is one that i've heard a lot about like that's a must-see movie it's commonly brought up but i haven't seen it but like i have seen the dark knight trilogy like to me the the comic book stuff takes precedent like i will say this i'm making steps forward i'm starting to go to the movie theater by myself i started that with the batman the new one that just came out in march that's one of my favorite yeah. movies I ever yeah. made i fucking love that movie by the way it's so good yeah and um I actually have been drinking out of the cup that I got at the theater this whole uh, episode. You guys will see it afterwards in the <laughs> recording. But, um, like, I'm, I'm trying to make it a priority, like, a part of my, like, look, if Matt, like, wake up, bro. If you can't spend two to three hours just watching a movie, like, you're the problem, brother. So I'm trying to work on it, and, and part of that is getting to the theater. And, like, I used to make it a social thing. Like, let's get everyone together. Let's all go together. We'll go out to eat afterwards. I'm like, you know what? How about I just go to the theater and actually watch I, the goddamn movie? I, 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 I hate that. I'm much. I prefer to go to the movies on my own. Like I, it's I, great. I actually really liked on, it. I moved like states and cities when I went to university, and the, for the first year, I had, f- had fucking no friends. And I would just go to the. But I'm like, all these movies coming out. I just started going by myself, and I realized that I prefer it this way. Mm-hmm. So even now, like I'll have friends who are like, oh, can you wh- like wait for me? I'll, I'm free this day. I'm like, no, I'm going today. I'm today. <laughs> I like that's what I'm like. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like some things I will, and I'll see things twice. But my favorite activity is to go to the cinema. It's my favorite thing to do. I try it's to great. It's a great feeling. To go to the movies. Uh, and I try to see... One big thing to keep up to date with, like, like, that aren't big blockbuster movies is I always try to see the 10 nominees for Best Picture for the Oscars before the Oscars happen. I'll try to see all those movies. And you find yourself watching just some of, like, masterpiece films. Like, this year had some incredible films. Like, Belfast is black and white... Uh, film set during the Irish Civil War but like from the perspective of one family and this one street it's just a beautiful heartwarming film mm. uh, Nightmare Alley which one of my favourite directors Guillermo del Toro created and I think it's his best film yet Bradley Cooper Kate Blanchett star in it unbelievable movie highly highly recommend like there's just you see great films i know the oscars are a joke and all those things are a joke but the films, films are a joke, <laughs> I tell you that right now the films that are getting awards are not a joke yeah uh we did it one year for that cinema and spoiler cast james didn't watch all of them but he watched a bunch of them i think it was the no. year um 
what uh, Parasite won the Korean film won Best mm. Picture at the Oscars. Yeah, that was oh, one I, I, watch- I wanted to check out for sure. You would love. I reckon you'd love Parasite. Like, I uh, I really do. It's a really fun movie. Like, I didn't think I sat down with my housemates uh, and watch it, and they're not. They're probably more into. We'll watch the blockbuster movies. They're a bit more of. I, I guess, like you said, a cat not casual, but a casual. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know if they'd want to watch a foreign film that's this serious. And they sat down and they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. I want to watch it again. I was like, holy shit. Like, nice. cool. like it's that, that sort of movie. Um, yeah. I, I just, I love watching great cinema. I just love it. There's yeah. nothing I'd rather do. Much, much prefer that than a game for me. So as a cinema buff, was I like overhyping the Batman? Like, do you think that's like, as a guy who's seen a lot of movies, do you think it's like as good as I thought it was? Or is that just me being like a comic book fanboy? Oh, did you have, what did you think of the Batman? I, I loved it. Like, literally, it was one of my favorite movies ever. Like, I just, I thought the tone, yeah, right. the story, the kind of, like, the fact that it was kind of creeping on the edge of horror, like, that really spoke to me, to, like, the Batman's character. I, I thought Robert Pattinson, like, was way better than I ever could have imagined. Um, there was just a lot yeah, of yeah. elements to that game. That, I said game, wow. You can show where my head's at. There's a lot of elements to, <laughs> yeah. to that movie that I thought that really worked for me. I just want to know from someone who's who's watched a ton of movies how you view it. Because I think of, like, something like The Joker. When The Joker came out as well, that was another movie that I, I fucking love that movie. Like, I've watched it so many times. Uh, but a lot of people were like, it's not real cinema. You know, it's not actually... Oh, I no, I ha- uh, I'm not. I don't. I mean, I might say that sometimes if it really is a shit movie. Like if you're like someone's like Transformers is really good. I'm like, well, that's not cinema. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Oh God, Morbi. I don't see. I hate Jared Leto. <laughs> and I, if he's in, if he's in the movie, I won't watch it. Um. Uh. Th- no, I thought like I think like Joke is a great movie. I really do. I mean, it's not super original. Like it's Taxi Driver, which is a Scorsese movie. It's just Taxi Driver, um, but with the character of the Joker instead of a random person. Like, and you should watch Taxi Driver. It's a fucking incredible movie. It's Ro- it's Robert De Niro in one of his early movies, one of um, Scorsese's earlier films, and it's about this like uh, social outsider, creepy dude that's a taxi driver, and the and he people watches, and it's like him, like and the impact he has, and sort of breaking. Like, it's a fucking crazy good movie nice um, but that's what it's pretty much this, very similar to Joker but Joker has that end character that exists in a comic book world and that history in, as the backdrop to it um, but I still think Joker's a well really well made well directed well acted movie um, I, I think it's a better movie than it is a comic book movie if that makes sense sure um, I feel like that's what he's going for now after the Batman they gotta be well, you, you you definitely can with Batman. I think you can with other superheroes. Batman's the only sort of superhero that this works with, um, in that universe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, that's certainly how I feel about it. I think the Batman was a great movie. It's not my favorite Batman film. I think the Dark Knight still is my favorite, and I think the best made Batman film. But I think it's probably a close second, second or third. Well, the fact third. that it's in that company is a, awesome alone, right? Like, oh, it's definitely no, definitely a great, great movie. I like it. I think it's better than Joker. Like if oh, I was nice. if I had to pick to watch the Batman or Joke, I would rather watch mm-hmm. the Batman. I I always thought Robert Pattinson would be good. I think he's I've seen a, I've never oh, seen yeah. Twilight or any of that shit, but I've seen a lot of other films he's in. I think he's a serious actor. I think. Did you just say you've actor. never so seen was... Twilight or any of that shit? Did you just pass comment on Twilight without having seen it? <laughs> 
Are you being for real with me right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just I'm just interjecting, seeing where it takes me. <laughs> what? Why take it, take you it for a ride. Why the? F- why the fuck would I have watched Twilight? My what? mom no, loves Twilight. That. My mom's not a movie viewer at all. She's worse than me, and she loves Twilight, man. It's so funny. Like she, she'll like rewatch the movies over and over to the point where I had to like steer her off the path and be like, "Look, mom, there's other games." Or fuck, I did it again. There's other <laughs> movies that do exist. I love it. I love Everything it. is a game. Even Everything if it's not a game. Like I have you, a when problem. You cook dinner, you're like, "Oh, I'm just going to cook a new game." Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's fucking unreal man that's bad that's so funny that's so fucking funny Ooh, that's good uh, that's good james do you like twilight or something is this no no yeah no. then why are you interjecting twilight's uh, i wouldn't fucking see twilight the piece of shit films i watched like <laughs> I, i've seen t- 10 minutes of the first twilight and i was like this is so <laughs> awful like so angsty, and also though. it's not it's not targeted at me i'm not its audience like why like also i never jumped on it because i'm like this is not made for me why would i be watching this at 15 whenever they were coming out 16 um like this is not meant for me uh and so i I never watched like i barely like harry potter movies let alone you want me to watch twilight i'm like nah i'm Mm. not i'm not doing it i'm not i can't i can't do it like Mm -hmm. Not a chance. Anyway, Robert Pattinson, I had seen in other things, and I thought, because people were like, oh, shit, it's the Twilight guy. I'm like, look, I haven't seen Twilight, but I've seen him in a lot of other movies, and I think he's a great actor. So I think he'll do fine. So I wasn't surprised at how good he was in The Batman. I had expected it, and, and thankfully he, he met my expectations, and everyone else like seemed pretty blown away, which is just fantastic. I thought it was super well-directed. My dream when I was seeing the build-up and the trailers and the way they were doing Riddler, I was like, I want him to be like a serial killer. And the opening scene happened. I'm like, this is exactly how I wanted to go down. Like, I'm such a big... My favorite genre of TV and, and films is crime and mystery. Right. And like, I'm super into... I've had super into serial killer phases of, like, and documentaries and, like, all that stuff. I've done so many rabbit holes and phases of, like... Serial so my killer brother's the same way. Like, he's, like, read the books and stuff, just, like, getting their minds. Oh, dude. It's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it's so... Like, I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch interviews with the real-life serial killers and just try to, like, understand the way they, like, think. I'm like, this is crazy shit. And when it opened and you see the Riddler in the house watching that guy, like, in the opening scene, I'm like, this is is exactly what a serial killer does. This is serial killer behavior where they watch for a long period of time. They'll stalk their victim. And they usually will just walk into the house and sit and wait and watch for a while and get comfortable because they already feel comfortable in that person's house because they've watched them for so long. They'll do things like check their mail, sort of figure out where they work, follow them home, know their routine. That's what serial killers do before they kill people, a lot of them, Um, because there's a sexual nature to it. Um, So they become very intimate with victims. Uh, So this is exactly what, even though... It kind of makes that movie a little more unsettling at that, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it's a very sexual scene when he kills him because he even has that, like, almost, uh, for lack of a better word, um, excitement, sexual excitement. Yeah. And deep breathing after he's killed him. Deep breathing, yeah. That, to me, straight away, I was like, that's a very sexual moment for him. Like, he's, he's, that's, to me, I was like, he's aroused. But I'm like, that's how he should, that's a serial, that's serial killer behavior 
to do that. So the way they filmed and portrayed that opening scene, I was like, this is so spot on about how I want this movie to be like in terms of a vibe. Like you have a, a superhero villain that's a serial killer and just doing serial killer shit, and you've got to uncover that. I'm like, wait, you're telling me it's a serial killer mystery movie, but the but the detective's Batman. I'm like, yes, please, yeah. yes, please. I loved it. It's perfect. I hope the next the movie does I... go into into like Scarecrow because I feel like with the sort of creepy nature of the first movie that that is like a psychedelic version of that, like almost a dive on mental health maybe would be amazing for that style film mm-hmm. that was already made. Oh, yeah. And it could be, like, even, like, drug addictions, like, opioid-type, like, addictions or, like... You definitely could have some real-world, like, uh, more grounded uh, story to it. The only thing I didn't like about the movie that I actually hated, 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 hated about the movie... There's only one scene I hated, and it was the Joker scene. I hated it. Oh, that they showed afterwards? I, I was just like... No, not just... Well, I hated that, too, the one they showed afterwards, but I hated the scene... Oh, right. The film the, yeah. Where they just have the Joker. They're like, you couldn't just do about This Batman movie stands so well on its own. You don't need the Joker in it. But they ha- mm-hmm. that felt like... Because the, the Batman feels like a, uh, a film director having creative control of a superhero property. That's what the movie felt like. I'm like, I love that. But that felt like a studio decision Warner Brothers scene when they threw that in there to have mm-hmm. like... Um, you know, and even the lines he has, like where he drops the word clan in there. I'm like, oh, so you're a clan, are you? Are you the jo- oh, are you the Joker? Is that what you're trying to say? And he does the laugh. <laughs> well, how would you general, know like, otherwise? Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is awful. Why do you have to do this? Why can't, can't you just let the movie speak on its own? And then they release the scene from it that they filmed, and I thought it was terrible. I think this joke is fucking shit house. I thought the the dialogue was terrible. I hated it. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy I, about I, it either. I had a real problem. I had a real problem with it. And people loved it so I much. It I'm like, I don't good, understand. But... I don't understand. And I'm just sick of the Joker now. They're like, you have Heath Ledger, one of the great actors all time, put on the greatest performance of the Joker that could ever be. And they've now, and everyone's like, and then he dies. And everyone's like, well, we've got to respect it. We don't really need to have a Joker anytime soon. We've had four live action Jokers in 10 years since him. Or like 12 years since him. I'm like, I'm over it. Why are we doing this? Why are we overdoing this character that we should like have way more respect for? Imagine like we have four more Black Panthers in the next ten years. Yeah. Four more live action Black fair. Panthers. I'm like, why? Like, yes, it was a great character when this person did it, and I'm not saying the other people didn't have the good things to the way they played it, but why? Well, Jared Leto didn't. <laughs> no, Jared Leto. Yeah, I imagine you were talking about Joaquin Phoenix, right? One. Like that was the one that. Yeah. Well, I thought definitely. I, I liked. Yeah. I enjoyed Walking Phoenix. I don't think we needed it, but I enjoyed Walking Phoenix's version of it. They did that a Joker good. version in that, like Gotham TV series. Um, oh yeah, with Cameron Monaghan. I forgot about that, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I always think about it for yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. Now I forget that he fucking did that. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, it was good. That was, that was my introduction to him. I like that rendition. I don't know if you guys saw the Penguin in that. I forgot his name. Um, I did not. The actor for who did mm-hmm. Penguin for that, but that was one of my favorites. I, I always, of course, loved what the Penguin was in the Batman, but the, the Gotham TV show had a good rendition of, of Penguin that that was really twisted. Even though they had to like clearly hold things back, he was really well acted. I, I gotta find mm-hmm. the name real quick. Yeah, no, I mean Colin Farrell in in the Batman was unbelievable. Colin Farrell's such a great 
great actor. Oh, speaking yeah, he was of, terrific. it reminds me a movie. Like, I feel like I should give you some movies, Maddie, to watch. Like, I'll just pick some great film directors and I'll give you like their best. He's film not going to do it though. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> not nah. Like, no, Robin no, no, Lord no, no, Taylor no, 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 no. is the ba- is the is the penguin I was talking about for anyone who's curious. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did, I did He's like great. that. Have, uh, James, have you seen The Gentleman? No. The movie The Gentleman with. Charlie Hunter, Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell. You can it's tell me who's in it. I, the answer will still be no. It's a, it's a garbage. <laughs> yeah, you sound like me. So I don't feel so alone now. <laughs> like it's with this, this no. chick that's, and that that's dude. What I'm, and I'm, like, like, I'm gonna like, watch. Do you know what I'm gonna do? This is great because I've I definitely have a list of films. Like there's certainly there's plenty of films that I haven't seen. There's movies that people that I'll say I haven't seen something like. How have you not seen that? Like, it seems like I should have seen that movie. I definitely have those movies that I'm like, I know, I know. I just have, for whatever reason, haven't seen it, really want to see it. Like, I'm going to do that today. Saturday, I'm going to fucking watch one of those. I'm going to get a list. I'm going to watch a new movie. I'm glad I inspired you. That's huge. New movies. I'm probably not going to do that. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go make a new game for dinner? Um, And then... uh, (laughs) Take your game for a walk? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh maddie that's so great <laughs> that's so fucking great um mm. speaking of nerd superhero comic book stuff for kevin feige is mm. away on a big retreat right now they're planning the next 10 years of of uh the marvel cinematic universe oh, that's so many years <sighs> that's have you felt like the, like that you know they had a plan up to Endgame and it sort of has felt like they had a plan of like they were going to do a bunch of what they were going to do with a bunch of characters but I felt like this sort of phase at the moment I don't feel like there's a solid plan for where they're going next mm. I just sort of feel like they're just making a whole lot like they've got some themes like the multiverse is obviously important but they're just like we've got all these characters let's like build them all up again but we've yeah, got no real I think, plan. I feel like they're now they're coming up with that plan. I think Am I they wrong? do have an idea. I reckon they know the end goal, but I don't think they know the ins and outs of getting to it. I think what they've got is like we want to get to this point, and we want these characters fleshed out. Let's just let uh, the writers we get on board and the directors to just like do what they want with those characters, with the idea that we're eventually going to bring it around to a point. So I think we're probably in that point now where they're just deciding to branch out as much as they can, develop, flesh it out, and then they're going to bring it all around to a point that they probably do have in mind. But I think it's just not explicitly known at this point to all of us because it's all about building it up. The only one that's really landed <clears throat> for me is like, uh, oh, I see where they're kind of going. I don't know. Have you guys watched Loki? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that when I finished up, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see with the mm-hmm. grand timeline how, how this can end up being a, a big plot point to whatever they're moving towards the future. I guess it doesn't to me feel as punctuated just because a, a lot of these aren't being marked by like large scale movie releases. Like the, I could be wrong in this. I might not be paying close enough attention. Like the only one I can think of where I like, you see like shades of WandaVision in multiverse of madness, but it didn't feel like you needed to see WandaVision to fully understand what's going to be happening in that movie where I feel like mm, Endgame, yeah. everything that built up to it, that like you had to, you didn't have to, I guess, but it would serve you way better and the movie itself that it was built off of way better if you watched everything that w- that that led to that moment. Um, and right now, it doesn't feel like they're even in the, I agree, like the introductory phase of that because you're just seeing like little cameos and little pop-ups here or there, but nothing that's like, oh, you know, that, that moment at the end of like Iron Man 3 or whichever Iron Man it was where they get like the Avengers 
slip and you're just like, oh, everyone's getting it at the end of their movies. Like this is leading to that big Avengers first film. You know, that was cool. You could tell that that was the end goal for, for each of those trilogies or whatever. Mm. Yeah. I think it's like yeah, they're absolutely. spread so thin now at this point where they've got so many things they want to do that it's like it was so much easier in like the old days of the MCU where it's like, you know, if you want to watch Avengers, you only have to watch like four films. Iron Man 1, 2, Thor, Captain America. Maybe the Hulk doesn't even matter because they recast him and you're good. Yep. And in this era we're at now, it's like, you know, when we get to that next big landmark team-up movie, you're going to have had like a whole heap of films, a whole heap of TV shows, like... How do you make it still accessible, well, but also well? Now there's pockets. Now there's po- and... po- like it's like they've got corners of the MCU now. So it's not like mm. we have got the Avengers and that's the main one. It's like no, we've got the space world. So are you a big Thor guy? Then you then you'll probably watch the Thor movies. You'll watch Loki. You'll watch the Guardians of the Galaxy. You'll probably watch the Marvels. Like you'll watch those ones. Or are you into the more grounded Earth related ones? Like you'll watch your um, Captain America Four is going to come out. Ant Man and the Wasp black panther wakanda forever you've got you know see i love (laughs) i'm such a fucking big it's not even the movie i just hate the idea of his powers it's just dumb it's just dumb i i i get that i get that i i think more but this is what i always say james hates (laughs) ant-man i i just love paul rudd more than anything sure Paul rudd's one of my favorite actors he's great and and I just when the, the fact that when they first cast Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, I'm like, I love that Paul Rudd's going to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to me. I just find it so ridiculous. Cause I've been such a fan of Paul Rudd for so long, uh, and the fact that he's doing this. Speaking of, they just announced today the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mm. have swapped release dates. So yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Ant-Man three is coming out February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. So February next year it comes out. And the Marvels is now middle of 2023, so July 28th, 2023, which is a big change-up. Because it was supposed to be... First, this Marvels movie is... I don't know. They're they're obviously changing things as they go because it was supposed to be Captain Marvel 2 was the initial title. Then it became the Marvels. It was supposed to come out at the end of this year. Then it got pushed to February, and now it's in July. Yeah. I think they're adding a lot of new characters to it. I think they're going to add... So you've got Miss America... That's in uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange, the Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Um, she gets introduced in that. I think she's going to be in the Marvels as well because we know that Miss Marvel's going to be in the Marvels. Captain Marvel's going to be in it. At, um, uh, uh, Monica Rambo mm. um, is from WandaVision is going to be in the Marvels, uh, which I can't wait. I love her. She's going to be great. She's great. Uh, and then hopefully. Um, Miss America's in it, and hopefully she's good. Doctor Strange comes out in a couple of days. At oh, the it time does, doesn't it? That's exciting. Um, oh yeah, it comes. It comes out. What day? It comes out Tuesday in Australia, I believe. It comes out May third, um, which is fucking. I, I gotta get ready for that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the more we talk on it, the more you realize it feels like from the outside looking in, there's like a lack of a vision. Because like you have like, for example, like you have the Spider-Verse and it feels like that could be its own universe. Like you don't need to bring it into this kind of end game level scenario. Like you could just keep doing more and more Spider-Men and having them come together. Because that is a thing that's in comics. They've done it in games and they're, they they just had that moment with No Way Home. Uh, but then you got stuff like The Eternals, which I, I know nothing about, by the way, but it just sounds like a group of heroes, right? And I, apparently that movie is a complete dud. And then it, it feels like then you got like What If, I think it is, on Disney+. Plus, and mm-hmm. it, it feels like they just have a bunch of ideas and they're experimenting a ton where it was very much 
solidified and punctuated by those like movie releases that were coming out in the theaters. Like, I think we're going to feel that with probably this new Doctor Strange, probably the next Thor movie this, um, what's it called, this summer. Like, we're going to get an idea of like where they're going to start heading. I feel like that's when we'll start to get some answers because I... Am I wrong on this? But like, I can't tell. Are these shows supposed to be building up to what the big movie is going to be, or is it a combination of the shows and the movies? Like, what? What's the? I don't even know. The, I'm going to yeah, be honest with you. I, I, it's, I think doing. I think they're using the shows to build up to the to regular movies. So let's say back in the day, you have an Iron Man, you have a Captain America film, for example. Um, but you have like characters that they introduce. Uh, before that movie comes out uh, in a show almost. So as I set up just the basic of your base movies, your base movies are then building up to the next culmination team-up movie is how I feel about it. So for example, we had Falcon the Winter Soldier served as like the prelude to set up Captain America 4 to justify Captain America 4 happening, right? Gotcha. Like that, uh, that's happening. Miss Marvel is the introduction origin story so you can bring Miss Marvel into the Marvels because they're not necessarily going to do a film with her and perhaps her story works better in TV format, which some of these comic book heroes, it just, as a hero, works better because you'd make them a bit, you'd have to change them up a bit, take them a bit more seriously than they need to. Like, I feel like a Miss Marvel, to make a movie on that would be a harder sell. You got a teenage girl in in high school and and specifically she's a, like a, a muslim teenage girl like that's a very i think unfortunately that's a hard movie sell right now like it's less and less like you couldn't imagine them ever disney making that sort of product 10 years ago never would have happened whereas now mm. like you can make it but i think to do it justice and to tell the story right and if you're wanting to show and tell a story from a perspective of really, let's be honest, you've not seen told in Western media. I think a show's better for it because you'll really get to expand on it and really tell that story in in the way that needs to be. You can't just bring that sort of person, that sort of perspective in in a film where you have a short amount of time and we've just like, a 32-year-old white dude has got to take her seriously within 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's formats of them telling different stories with different, um, I guess, representations in a lot of ways that they couldn't have done before. Like, you know, there's there's no... As well. Yeah, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. Those are the three guys you started with. You know what I mean? Those are easy cells, easy to build on. Amazing characters, amazing performances. Love them all. But now they've got the ability to, to to go into characters that you couldn't have done, you couldn't have sold in the past. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not a chance in hell. Miss Marvel. Even, like, how long did it take them to do an all-female-led Marvel movie, like even just a solo having a Captain Marvel or a Black Widow. Unfortunately, yeah. both terrible movies. And they both sucked, um, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Nothing but to I'm do with them for being the women, just they made shit just, movies, but you know. Because I love Black Widow. We all love Black Widow. Oh, she's amazing, and that movie that, was so that, bad. Yeah, yeah oh, it's so God. unfortunate. But then, like, Hawkeye, how good was, like, um, oh, Florence Pugh show. was mm-hmm. so good. Um, and then obviously Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, like oh, those two. So I want to watch. Her. I want to watch a movie with those two. That would be like I love those characters. Love those characters. Mm-hmm. Love Yelena. Love Kate Bishop. Like they're doing some great. But to me, those were, that's a show. For example, that I think was one. You give Hawkeye and you give Clint a well-deserved spotlight. That I love Clint. But also, that's definitely going to play into Captain America Four. Those more grounded Earth movies. 
mm-hmm. like that are like Captain America Four is gonna. I feel like these movies are bigger and bigger than ever. Like Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange One was okay. We're introducing Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness feels like the culmination of a bunch of shows. Like if it's like what if. All of that. You've got one division. You've got a follow up to what happened in um, Spider Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange. Like a lot. There's gonna be a lot of pay after a lot of recent things in in the multiverse yeah. of madness. Was, it feels Captain like the America start of Four. Yeah, exactly. But it's like it's it's not just about these main heroes that are the title character anymore. There's a bunch of other Marvel superheroes that have their own chosen movies that are a part of these films now. Captain America Four. Yes, it's going to be starring S- S- Sam Wilson as Captain America for the first time. But you're going to have the Winter Soldier. You're going to have Hawkeye. You're going to have Kate Bishop. You're going to have Yelena. You're going to have US Agent. You're going to have so many big characters in that movie. It's going to be a big deal movie, bigger than the past. Like Civil War was the first example where you saw a solo film that was felt like you're watching an Avengers movie. Mm. That's All these solo movies are going to feel like Avengers movies. I feel like now they're going to be way bigger event event movies. Like you, how I can't believe we had an Avengers level event movie only two and a half years after Endgame right. with uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Like that was an event. Yeah, that was an event moment mm-hmm. movie. You had to go to the cinemas and see. Like I didn't expect that. To, I was like, it'll be ten years before there's another Endgame, and it might Marvel might not even be able to do it again. Let alone you tell me no. Two and a half years later, they'll do it again. I'm like, how? How? They, yeah. How do they do it? That's a movie I'm very ashamed to say. Like, I didn't rush out to see it, not because I didn't want to, but I, my girlfriend and I, like, promised each other, like, gotta see this together. Like, I'm a huge fucking Spider-Man fan. Love him to death. My favorite superhero. And um, she got COVID. And I was like, all right, I'll wait you out. And then finally, we went and saw it. And, like, wow. You know, yeah, of course. Wow. Like, we, mm-hmm. of course, certain things got spoiled, but... Uh, there was a yeah. lot oh, of no. like emotion in that movie. Like I thought it was Tom Holland's best performance as Spider-Man. Like there was so much there that like I, I was really, really caught off guard by. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Who plays the Green Goblin? Uh, Willem Dafoe. Yes, Willem Dafoe. I love him. He's so good. I could throw out a normal guy movie mm-hmm. I've seen, Boondock Saints, where he's in that. That was like one of my introductions to him. I I, I loved him in that. So I always thought Willem Dafoe was fantastic, but. The kind of like twisted nature he takes on in No Way Home. Oh, it's so fucking good, man. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, it's, that's what's so crazy in our spoiler cast we talked about. It, and James and I mentioned that when you think of the Green Goblin, it, it's insane to think Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin feels like it's Tom Holland's main villain, not Tobey Maguire's now, which is insane to think about. Yeah. Because obviously in Spider-Man 1, obviously he was the main villain and, and he was a big enemy of Spider-Man, but... Peter Parker knew that it was, you know, it's his best friend's father, and there's like, there was there was never anything personal between them. It was whereas like it got personal between Tom Holland's Peter and and this Green Goblin. Like he killed his aunt. Yeah. Like that's a huge, huge deal. deal. And they actually and, and, managed and like, at the to. End, he's like, sorry, go on. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, I was just gonna say like at the end to like go in and have that moment. He's like, he's like, no, I, I want to kill you myself. It's like, oh man, this is personal. This is so like they fucking mm-hmm. hate each other. Mm-hmm. That's how personal it is. Yeah, I just love how they managed to take Spider-Man Three, which is this. I love that movie by the way because it's so bad, it's good. Like I think it's hilarious, which is obviously not the 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 goal, the design philosophy behind it. They wanted to tell mm-hmm. something kind of edgy, but it ended up being cringy, and that's why I love it. But they managed to take elements from that movie of like Peter being Toby Maguire, I should say, being very like driven by 
power, lust, revenge, all that stuff, and like incorporating him talking to Tom Holland and saying like, "Don't do it. It's not worth it." When he's beating the life out of the Green Goblin, like that was a really cool moment of kind of redeeming mm-hmm. qualities of that movie that weren't jokes. Uh, it, it was just one, definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie outside of like Spider-Man Two. It was just such a fun watch and and like. Really paid homage. And can we talk about Andrew Garfield? I mean, oh my God. Like, he was actually amazing. Mm. I hated the Amazing he, Spider-Man movies. Not because of him. But, but yeah, I did not like... I have a weird take on it. A lot of people, I think, like the first one and don't like the second one. I like the second one more. Um, but a lot of people don't seem to share that. And I, I maybe it's because I got to go back and rewatch them. I'll admit, I, I watched each of those movies once. So I'm going based off... I walked out of the theater. I was like, hey, that was great. Or, eh, wasn't feeling that. The games, however, are in reverse order. The first Amazing Spider-Man game is awesome. Mm-hmm. The sequel, though, it's one of the worst games I've ever played. So uh, stay far away. But is mm-hmm. that a hot take? Do you guys agree with that? The, the interesting seem to indicate that I am not in the popular opinion on this one. Oh well, I mean, I I am an Andrew Garfield fan. Mm-hmm. Like so, but even before the Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. I think Andrew Garfield's a great actor. So I've always loved Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I thought he was a great Spider-Man, not the best Peter because he's too fucking good looking and cool to be Peter Parker. Um, but fair. like, <laughs> and and he even played it that way. I was like, why are you so cool as Peter? Like, his main Spider-Man too. He gets up in front of everyone and he makes out with his hot girlfriend in front of everybody. I'm like, you're fucking awesome. <laughs> like, that's not Peter Parker. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, um, and and then you you know but he was a great spider-man i just and i love andrew garfield i think he's a great actor great show does great with emotion he's a very serious actor like uh so always loved andrew garfield so i was not surprised he stole that movie in no way at all i was like of course he did because it's andrew garfield and he's he's the best actor of the three of them in terms of just acting pedigree uh and i don't like toby Maguire. i've never liked Tobey Maguire. i don't like him oh as an actor. my I've, heart i've never liked oh. i've never liked him it's, as spider-man it's the worst of your takes uh, but you know yeah yeah it's, oh. it's um i like i like the film i like spider-man one and two i think they're good films but I've never loved Toby as Spider-Man. I, and I can't even I, process I, that. No offense. I, I, just, I, I, I think, can't imagine disrespecting Toby. <laughs> I can't. That guy's yeah. amazing. He's not a great I actor. Don't get me wrong. But I'm I, just I, saying, I think like, he's a forty-year-old. I think he's a forty-year-old creep in Spider-Man One. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, what is he? He's a fucking. Have you seen those trailers online that that take Spider-Man? I think one or two, and they turn them into horror film trailers, and they use like all the weird <laughs> shit that Toby does that whole movie. Because he does weird shit. Yeah, he dude. does. That's yeah, no, he's a little, he's a little creepy. Yeah, I he's haven't a little creepy. seen them. I need to see that because that's how I've always uh, felt. I'll find it for you real quick. I feel like he's a. It'll validate you. It will validate you. I recently was. So, yes, because I watch. So then, No Way Home comes out, and I was like, I love Toby now. Like I thought he was phenomenal in No Way Home because I'm like, well, he's pl- he's a 40 year old guy playing a 40 year old guy. This makes sense to me now. This is the him being a mature older Peter. I was like, this is how I want to see him played. Yeah. If you, just... if you said Sam Raimi's making Spider Man four with and it's set now, like I would be down with it because it would be that era Spider Man and that makes sense. But when you're watching Spider Man one, and recently I went back to watch Spider Man uh, two. Because I thought, okay, 
I like Toby in No Way Home. I, I really adore him. I don't have any hate for him. Let's go back and watch it. Maybe I'll have a new perspective. And I just can't get over how creepy he is when he plays Peter Parker. Like, oh, there's a scene with Mary Jane that. where they're, like, on the fence, like, talking to each other, like, after his, like, birthday dinner or something, like, in Spider-Man 2. And it's just a Mary bit Jane, awkward. It's not know? a bit awkward, dude. It's, like, I'm, I'm about to level. change like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, when, you, I'm gonna, when you see this trailer. I'm going to follow you home, and I'm going <laughs> to murder you. Like, I watch you through the window with binoculars, and I'm gonna end Wa- your life and wear watch your skin this. On my face. If, <laughs> for those who want to watch it, it's called If Spider Man Was a Horror Movie. Just go ahead. Hi. Watch this in real time, Tyler. I, I'm curious yeah, to know to your thoughts. Well, let's on this. let's all let's let's all watch this on on the podcast. Josh can can edit it in. Um, this is okay. This is gonna validate my my life. I feel like Are you guys have you got it pulled up, ready to go. Uh, it's, you yeah, know. one sec, one sec. Hold on, hold on. I gotta go through an ad here. Oh, my, my comments at the top of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Like I said. Oh, it is too. It literally is. Six years ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah, wow. Okay, I'm ready yeah. to go. Okay. Um, f- we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. Okay, let's do this together. <laughs> oh, Never seen God, this before. Yes. This should be fun. I've not, I've not seen She it. had a perfect. She had a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I forgot she like, threw her uh, fruit up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you see? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, he's looking through his window. <laughs> Whoa, Dude, wait, no, we... no, 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 this didn't happen. <laughs> yes, it did. Oh god. Did it pull from a different movie? <laughs> that happened. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, that's Dude, the one that happened. Weird. Okay. Following her. Is he following? Yeah, that is him. <laughs> hey, it's me again. <laughs> Dude, he is a creep. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he's such I a creep. I forgot about that part. Oh my god. Hey, let's <laughs> <laughs> There's no way out. Would it be so dangerous to let Mary Jane know how much my jaw hurts from like smiling so hard? It's so funny. I forgot oh about that. Oh my god, the art made bit. The art made <laughs> that was so the best. funny. Oh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, no. You couldn't no. do that with another Spider Man trailer. You can only do that because oh. Toby Guy's a creep. I kind of get and it now a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like I said, creepy, I, was, I, I was there to support weird. my man Tyler. I had to validate. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate that. Have you oh guys seen God. the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal brothers? 
With Tommy no. Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal. This is how I'm like, oh, Tommy Maguire's best performance, I think, in everything. Oh, is I know. Is like, screaming, and, cursing, like breaking stuff. Is and do you know what? It's because he's playing, Maddie, he's playing himself. So he's yeah. playing <laughs> just being himself. Like, that's him playing himself. Uh, and that's he feels best in that role. Tommy Maguire. Yeah. He fits it's, the role perfect. No, but you're right, because they're, they're like TikToks that my girlfriend will show me, and it'll be stuff like, uh, when they were filming No Way Home, people were like obviously on to the fact that they were all going to appear in the movie before it was officially confirmed. And, um, you know, they showed like Tom Holland in the airport. You could see like how each era of Spider Man was different. Like, you see Tom Holland way, like he's all about it. He's young, right? You see Andrew Garfield kind of used to it, gives it a little nod, moves on. And then there's Toby who just stares into the fucking soul of the camera like a freak man like yeah. he's, he's that, definitely yeah. super awkward yeah. there's there's no denying that but he seems to be warming up to the fans which was yeah. which was nice to see because originally he was not like that he, he very much hated the fans he seems have, little, you, the, the, have you seen the clip of him like he's a lot more relaxed these days yeah you see the clip of him in the in, in his hottest crv he's like guys guys i can't yeah. see and the paparazzi's just flashing this man and he oh looks like yeah yeah breaks i've seen, out. It, yeah. I've seen yeah. this that is my favorite Tobey Maguire <laughs> moment. Out of I can't anything. fucking see. Yeah. I can't fucking see. Get the fuck out of the it's way. Amazing. There are cars there. She fucking... <laughs> when I first saw that, I was stunned. I thought it was fake. <laughs> that was so good. It's see, funny, I saw yeah. that and I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's Tobey Maguire." Okay, that's exactly how I think. Of it. <laughs> see, that's my perception of him. And, but I loved him in No Way Home. I thought he he was amazing in it. I thought that's the role he would have to play to be a good spider-man mm. um for me and i'm like i could watch that i could watch if they made a spider-man 4 and it was like you know now it's the now era where he's the older guy he's the mentor he's he's you know it makes sense but when uh you know he was 18 creeping around stalking mary jane <laughs> it was just weird um how old was, was he was in those movies i actually don't know how old toby was um, I'm not sure, but he was. But he looked 45. Looked every bit of 45. Let's <laughs> um, have a look. Yeah. yeah, I'm very curious. It was 27. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, impressive. It's amazing what a yeah. little facial hair can do for you. That's wild. He's 27. Christ. And my internet's on. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, is Tyler disconnected? Has he? That's possible. There it is. Yeah, it's 20 past. Well, I can't run the podcast because I don't have the topics. I just show oh. up. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Josh could cut this. Or he can leave it in. Yeah, he can know. leave it. Yeah, I mean, look. We, d- I does mean, d- the audience knows about Tyler's moody internet that shuts off at a very specific time? Oh my god, I can't believe this is an actual thing that happens every single time we do a Yeah, it's actually 20 it's minutes after. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's it's every single time. If Tyler doesn't speak, I just look at the clock, I'm like, oh, yep. yep so, there it is. he's gone. I gotta ask him if he if he plays multiplayer games, because, you know, I could see that driving him out of the video game space. I feel like he's a big multiplayer <laughs> guy and he can only play yeah. in like 59 minute chunks. That's uh, yeah, and then uh, before he has yeah. to take a forced break, and if he's in the middle of a match, yeah. like that can be frustrating. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that's why he doesn't play a lot of games. Maybe, maybe it ruined it for him. Maybe it was uh, you know, <laughs> year of uh, DRM, and he, he just couldn't play his games. Kept kicking him out. I could see that. He just happened to be signing on on the twentieth minute of every hour whenever he wanted to try. Are we talking about me me playing games? Hello. Why I don't play games? Hi. Welcome back. 
<laughs> I was wondering if you played any multiplayer games with your internet that drops out at the 20th minute of every hour. I, I'm not a multiplayer guy. I'm not a big fan. I just, I love story games. Okay, good. Is it because yeah. of your internet dropping out, though? Is that why? Well, the internet only drops out on my PC, so... What? That's even more else. ridiculous. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. I was thinking, like, maybe you said a bad router or something like that, but this is just a PC. It is a bad router, though. It is It is a bad router. It okay. Is a bad router. But, but uh, yeah. Yep. Wow. Because I had a different router at my other house, um before here i've moved a lot last year it was a fucking shit show long story um but I had a router i'm like that fixed the problem never had an issue but then moved into this place and pulled out the old router from my old place and it's gone back to happening so we realized it must be the router gotcha that's weird that yeah. it only disconnects your pc though but it's only my pc not my brother's pc not any consoles not my phone not anything it else. must just choose and it's like only it's sometimes just... not every hour it's been two hours we didn't have it last hour didn't but didn't you do? Hour. Did you not just do the thing that you do sometimes to make it work? Nah, yeah, but also I don't know if that's a thing that works or it just ha- coincidentally happened that one time I did it. Oh yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, Maddie, we've obviously kept you almost two hours now. I we did want to, we did want to chat to you about. Ubisoft a bit. Sure, let's um, do it. Because I, f- I felt like something interesting you said the first time we had <clears> you on the show <throat> uh, was that you'd never looked at Ubisoft the way we had then talked about them to you, which was very, you know... For those who don't know, spoilers, uh, James and I don't like Ubisoft at all. In fact, <laughs> I would go as far as to say we fucking hate them. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I would go as far as to say that to the point where I will never... Yeah buy a game from ubisoft again um in my life so that's well as long as i said as long as eve gimmer is the ceo of the company i'll never i'll never give them money rumors are saying ever. he might be out so we'll we'll see but um you'll have to start buying you have to start buying ubisoft games tyler well let's well <laughs> let's talk, you said, well, let's talk about what this. you actually said was as soon as he's not the ceo i'll buy every ubisoft game i think is what you said right i don't oh. think i said that let's calm down I think you said those exact words. Don't hold him to that. I don't. I did, definitely did. I did not. <laughs> I didn't say that. The game not hold him to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I won't. I barely. I barely <clears> play a game as it is. Like I'm. I'm holding on by a thread. I'm just like literally. I'm like my PS5 is exists only for God of War Ragnarok at this point. Um, and Kingdom Hearts Four now. To be fair, Kingdom Hearts Four now. I'll mm-hmm. play that. Um, but Ubisoft potential sale maddie what like tell us what do you know about about this sale yeah i mean i feel like this has kind of been on the 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 bingo card has been the term i've used uh i think i feel like it's been on that for a while like i feel like everyone's been expecting it you look at the share prices for ubisoft in like 2018 when they were in the hundred dollar range and now they're like 41 bucks a share like they're clearly on a decline as a company yeah it is beautiful um, and we, yeah. we know why. I don't think I have to explain it, right? The dip in quality, the oversaturation, the trend chasing, the toxic work conditions. There's not a bright yeah. future for this company. And so when I heard that uh, through Bloomberg that uh, there were companies, private equity firms considering a takeover, and that Kotaku said that the company's been preparing for a sale for a while, it makes sense. And I, th- I always go back to Bethesda because... For me, that was a company I saw that was just out of pocket for a while. Like they were doing live service shit. They were, 
we all know 76, but they were doing like Wolfenstein Youngblood with forced microtransactions and live service elements. They were trying to do Commander Keen, make a mobile game. They did Elder Scrolls Blades, another trash mobile game. And I was looking at them and there was a time period where like I have a much like you guys have a pretty dominantly established Ubisoft audience or, or formerly Ubisoft fans. That's how I was with Bethesda, right? Like I built it off of Bethesda. They went down this dark path of all this live service bullshit. I'm like, what's going on here with you guys? And eventually, you know, when you saw the acquisition app of the Xbox, everyone looked at them and went, you got to change now, right? Because now you're not desperate. You're owned by Microsoft. And it was as we've seen now with the announcement of like Redfall, the release of Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, of course, Starfield. It feels like they're back to the, the focus that made Bethesda who they were today. And then you look at Ubisoft and they kind of are following that same trend, right? They get in on the NFTs. They're getting in on any live service thing that they can do. They've they've melded everything they can in the live service, whether it be Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, the Quartz bullshit. Like it's it's interesting because I feel like they're in a situation where they've gone so far in the live service. Like I feel like Bethesda, for as bad as I think it got, they were still lightly dabbling where Ubisoft just has turned everything into that direction that you're probably not gonna see them get gobbled up by the known gaming platforms like a like a Sony, like a Microsoft. Obviously, Microsoft is tied up with Activision right now. I don't think they're going to make a major splash like that, maybe a smaller one. But with like Sony, I could see it fitting. I could see it working because they make these third person open world games and, and Sony's going more the live service route to support games like God of War Ragnarok. But I just see someone like Amazon is what I said on Defining Duke. I was like, I feel like Amazon's going to be the one that comes in sees a really cheap price for a company that has a lot of games that can generate recurrent revenue on IP that people are already familiar with and kind of use it as a statement like we're here, we're invested. And for them, what I imagine would be like five to six billion dollars is going to be fucking throwaway money for Amazon. Like they can they can experiment on that level. They get the money to. And with Microsoft out of the mix, that's what kind of gives them the best advantage is like PlayStation has to be careful. They have money to spend. But like Microsoft out of the mix, you, you can't worry about them now coming in and making like a game pass grab because they need to make sure the activision deal goes through which is still hesitant on like the regulatory front the shareholders just to prove that deal so you know i've expected for a while i wouldn't be surprised if by like probably the the beginning of next year that we really see something finally happen with ubisoft because i feel like it's a ticking time bomb and the fact that even guillemont said like yeah we're open to revising acquisition deals uh, but we can stay independent. I'm like, you're full of shit. Like, there's no, like, you don't say yeah. that if you're a company that can stay on your own. Because I look at Platinum Games, who has absolutely been butchered, right? They made that Babylon's Fall crap. And uh, mm -hmm. they have not had a successful game probably since Astro Chain, which was 2019. Um, and they've had a lot of flops before and after that, where now you see them talking, oh, we want to work with Microsoft to make Scalebound again. Let's work together, Phil. And they're open to being purchased by a company and they're very vocal about that to me as exciting as it is i love the acquisition season it does show weakness in these companies that they know now's the time to get out like this is the time consolidation's happening people are buying these people not people <laughs> corporations are buying these studios in mass uh, we just saw gearbox buy lost boys in, in uh, interactive and it's like now we're just seeing names that we never heard of before be gobbled up by these larger tech companies and so I, the fact I can't see Ubisoft remaining independent any longer. Um, it just it it doesn't seem sustainable for the path they're on because a lot of the stuff that could recover them 
like their Star Wars game, like the Avatar game, Splinter Cell remake, Prince of Persia remake. Uh, those types of games feel so far off that that by that time they get there, they could be out of business. They really could be. Uh, so, oh, I it's, so it's best for them just to, oh. to sell sell now, <laughs> get the Guillemot family out of there, have someone else take over because that's what's happened with Activision, as we see. Like Bobby Kotick, you know, he's saying, "Oh, we we haven't talked about you know whether or not I'm going to be in or out." He's fucking gone the second that Phil runs that ship because literally in the write up it says. Once Microsoft Gaming owns Activision, you'll report to me. And that just cuts Bobby Kotick completely out of the picture by default. So they're going to give him the golden parachute, just like I think Gilmont will get his golden parachute. Send him out. If that's what you got to do to get him out, whatever. They suck anyway. Just let him go. They got enough money, more than God. So fuck it. Why not? And I think it's just for the better of the company that they they get on that path because as you guys saw, I like hate the, that he gets to walk away with a bucket of fucking money though. I get it, I, I get it, right? And I I don't think there's any good answer to it, right? That's I've always taken the approach of like, it's either you deal with them for a number of years longer, you just give them the golden parachute, let them float out of here, yeah. and, you, and you move on to greener pastures, yeah. or the company so shuts down. Which I I normally would be very uh, curious what your guys' thoughts are because I've been going on for a while, but like. For me, it's like I I would have been very pro, like, all right, whatever, go. But there's, number one, they got thousands of people hired. But number two is I just did, Tyler, you mentioned it, like the Dark Age of, uh, of Ubisoft video I made on my channel. And it involved me going back to uh, dozens of Ubisoft games. The OG Prince of Persia, the OG Splinter Cells, uh, even newer ones like Mario and Rabbids. Uh, they had their hands in so many transformative IP that really defined gaming for many years to come, like Assassin's Creed for as much as it gets clowned on now, uh, you look at the OG Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2 and how that changed open world gaming as Pandemic Studios shut down, who was leading the charge on open world games because EA butchered them. And then you had Ubisoft kind of rise up and they established themselves as like the open world kings. You know, they were in a golden era for a while. They were making good shit for, from the early 2000s oh, to the like The year Far Cry 3 came out and like Brotherhood came out and like there was like a year where it was like, this is the best open world games. Yes. At, at the time. They, they were really, the, the thing is that they never evolved beyond that. They got so comfortable with their formula that they had created that it feels like they lost themselves in that and just kept pumping them out. And I think the annualized cycle of like Assassin's Creed is really what was the start of the end of it all. It was a, a slow death, but like here we are now where it got so bad that they're like, okay, we're going to do it every couple of years now, but they've put themselves in a corner with everything they've delayed and the failed marketing of Watch Dogs or that, that series is just fucking dead at this point. Like Legion just did not oh, do that's well. Such a, mm. such a shame. What a yeah. failure. Because yeah. I, I am such a fan of the first Watch Dogs. I am too. I, I love the it. first Watch Dogs. Yeah. I fucking loved it. And then the second one's coming. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And that's the other thing. A lot of the the designers at Ubisoft, you can tell are like 40 year old men trying to relate to teenagers like Tobey Maguire. And it's just fucking weird. Oh, they definitely are. That's what Watch Dogs 2 was exactly that. I'm like, this is like what they think teenagers are like. Yeah. They don't know anything. Who the fuck are writing this shit? Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I, I, I think it's it's do but i'm curious if you guys are very pro because i know you're more scathing towards them probably than i um but like going through the history of games are Maybe you than anyone. Are, yeah absolutely are, are you are you keen on seeing them 
sell off? Do you want them just to shut down? Do you think it's a lost cause at this point? Like, what what do you think the trajectory is? Because you'd probably be more educated in their direction than myself. Ah, oh, God. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, like, I, t- I say all the time, oh, yeah, I'd love to see them go out of business because, I mean, just out of spite, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the, the best thing to happen. Obviously, the better thing to happen is to have someone else take over and for, like, internally for the company to change the way that it treats video games and the way that it treats its employees and just have an entirely better structure of creating things, but also um, how people are treated. Because obviously that's a huge issue. Like, you know, Eve can go and you can get rid of, you know, the Gimo family, um, but you're still going to have those inherent problems that have been like made a part of the company for decades at this point yeah where it's like you do someone needs to actively try to change the company for that to happen and like if it were to go like if it were to be microsoft obviously it's not gonna be but if it were gonna be i feel like you know a microsoft or a sony would probably seek to change up the company and to fix it and to make it better in a sense Mm -hmm. but i feel like if you if it's you know like an amazon or you know, some of these other names that have been thrown around, I feel like you're not going to see that necessarily. I feel like they're going to buy it and it's pretty much going to keep running on the same way. There'll be different people at the top, but the company's pretty much going to remain doing sort of what it's doing. You might see some changes here and there, but I just can't see unless someone endeavors to really make some changes that Ubisoft is ever going to go in a vastly different direction to where it's going, whether creatively or just the way that it treats people and the way that that whole like system of just everything has been made over the years that the company has been going. So I guess for me, this is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I do want to see Eve go. I I do. Cause I think he needs to get out. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think that this is necessarily going to see the company in a position where I'm going to feel like happy with it in any way. I'm still probably going to feel the same way towards Ubisoft. Um, so yeah i don't know i'm it's a bit of a toss-up i'm just sort of not really sure where i land with it yeah. with the whole thing <clears throat> i feel like they need to take a page out of bioware's book because that's a company that like i feel like that's where we're equals like i the way you all feel about uh ubisoft is how i feel about bioware like that's a company that like i grew up with much like tyler was saying like i was like oh i fucking love this game like for me it's like the dragon age jade empires of course kotor like mass effect one it's like oh mm-hmm. man like everything's hitting you look at them now it's like a shell of themselves outside of mass effect legendary edition which is fantastic but like now they're in this situation where gary mckay is like their gm and he's very communicative and he's posting updates constantly and really letting fans know like what's being worked on and, and explain the development process. And I feel like that's where Ubisoft needs to end up. But the big problem is for as shitty as some of these big publishers are, I feel like Ubisoft still, even after all of the, the exposure that we've seen of like their toxic work conditions doesn't get the most shit. And I think it's because they have a really good, as I'm sure you guys have experienced, like they have a really good influencer and press management department. Like they're very kind. They're good to us. They hook us up pretty regularly with like codes and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure us. they don't like, I'm sure they don't like <laughs> they, you guys. They, don't, they, yeah. they fucking <laughs> yeah. hate us. Right. Right. They hate me for but as we, long we, as we, I've been around. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Bethesda has been, I could go yeah. on about how my, my interactions with Bethesda are very similar. And um, oh, as yeah. of this Bethesda moment in time, talk shit, tell other YouTubers not to be friends with us. 
Wow. Like yes. literally like that's wow. the level Weird. of which yeah, they that's... don't like us. Because it's all like that they tried to pretend for a while they didn't know who we were. Mm. And we knew it like they fucking know. And then we're like, oh, they know. They mm-hmm. fucking hate. There's a few, but to be fair, there are people that did like us, but when they it was they almost moved like on, you can't tell anyone that they're, they're friends with us oh, for okay. a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were like developers and stuff. Like yeah. people know we like had to like dive just... and stuff now, but there were like people behind the scenes that were talking to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's dicey because one of them was like Ashraf Ishmael. Um, mm. and he obviously got fired during the Valhalla because he was um yeah, for reasons. Um <laughs> but like reasons. he watched our stuff and listened to our podcast and all this shit, but we couldn't tell anyone that he talked to us right. because like you, he people can't know that, like you know what I mean. It's like that's it's, you can't. It's taboo yeah. to talk to us. Um, I, that's what I, I, saw I understand like. that. Yeah, I um, what was I gonna say about? It? Yeah, I just feel like because they they generally speaking, then excluding you, fine gentlemen, uh, they will pro, <laughs> yeah. they will th- their cold approach and their kind of willingness to accommodate and set up events and everything. I feel wins a mm. lot more people over than it really should. Like I've always been critical of Ubisoft. Um, where I feel like a lot of people have let the free flights, the free games, the, the free hotel booking, like really prevent their ability to criticize. Cause again, I just feel like this is a company that there needs to be more noise about on a, on a, by the way, I'm not trying to sound like too righteous here, but like, I'm talking on a people level, like we know their games are redundant. That seems to be where most people bring the conversation. Like, Oh, it's the same shit. No matter the series, whether it's Immortals Phoenix rising or, it's watchdogs or it's far cry or it's assassin's creed like you're going to get the same bag of tricks every single time like we all know that but not a lot of people talk about like i still think it blows my fucking mind that there was someone there in 2018 who legitimately said we can't make cassandra the main character of assassin's creed odyssey because she's a woman i'm just like dude yeah dude we're nearing at that point 2020 and you're still saying shit like that and these people are employed in like higher up positions that blows my fucking mind and uh, I feel like there was just not that was like a passing headline, like a couple of people talked about it, like this is bullshit and you move on. It, it, there just isn't hasn't been the same energy, in my opinion, as like Activision. And I know Activision was like heinous shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I feel like you that Ubisoft was deserving of that still um, for their consistent inadequacy. Um, and it's disappointing to see that probably until they sell off, uh, maybe people will start talking about it more. But again, I think it's always going to default to the games. Like what happens to Assassin's Creed now that uh, Amazon owns them or whatever, or, or PlayStation owns them? What happens to that? Does it stay on its three-year, four-year mm-hmm. development cycle? What happens? Uh, does it stay in RPG? Does it finally go back to being an Assassin's game? Like we talked about in our last episode of As Always. You know, I uh, it's it's uh, it's a toss-up. Uh, I, I don't really know. Obviously, none of us do, but I, I can't guess where it's going to go after the acquisition happens. I just feel pretty confident it it will, and hopefully things change from there. Yeah, I think it's almost yeah, like yeah. Ubisoft's IP is bigger than Ubisoft. Like, Assassin's Creed is mm. so big that people care way more about, you know, what's going to happen with Assassin's Creed than Ubisoft, even though mm. Ubisoft is huge. I feel like it's almost the games transcend the company to a point where people, the conversation is always going to be more on that game. Like Assassin's Creed reached this point where, you know, it is definitely one of the most known video game IPs of all time, probably. Yes. It's up there with like yep. your Call of Duties, your, you know, Mario, Sonic and stuff. Like 
Assassin's Creed the is huge. The fan base is also so toxic. It's unbelievable how toxic <laughs> it's, it is. Yeah, that is true. Well. It's like, I don't give a fuck about what like the, this game developer did as just long as my game's good. Don't ruin my games. Like, yeah, and it's like they're not even good crazy. games, man. You know? That's a they're weird so thing to buy on. They're, they're so they're bad. Also I bad still games. get comments all the time. Like, I don't post any videos on my channel anymore, but I'll still get videos like comments on videos like old assassin's creed videos of like people that must be playing them now like odyssey Valhalla origins and man people just fucking hate on me like i still get i'll just once in a while wake up be like oh there's a death threat cool i'll just move on from that with my day you know what i mean like you just go on like the fan base man they fucking take it really personally and i guess that's yeah a lot of people were not as uh, entrenched in in that a lot of people were really upset with uh, my review of Far Cry 6 because I was just like, I snapped. That was the game that I really snapped on where I was just like, I feel a lot of people had that, by the way. I noticed that was kind of a sentiment across the reviews. It was just a moment of like, Mm -hmm. you guys are just doing the same shit constantly. And it's why like I was kind of teetering on that moment in 2020 when they dropped Immortals Phoenix Rising because I played back to back to back. I think it was Watch Dogs, Immortals, and then Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a lot of Ubisoft. And when the lines really start to blur, you're like, dude, these games are the same. And I I cranked on Immortals as well. I was like, for a new IP, they should be embarrassed. I was like, this shit does not separate itself at all from the bag of tricks that you see in its other popular in their popular open world titles. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when I got to Far Cry 6, I played it. I, I beat it somehow. I got all the way through. I was like, this fucking sucked. Like, not only do you not take advantage of, of great actors within your game, but You've you've again like shown that you're obsessed with the past or, or or you're scared to move on where they had in the opening mission. I'm guessing you guys didn't play it. So I'll just say like they had this opening mission. Uh, remember in Far Cry three where you like set the the weed on fire and they play dubstep like in the mm-hmm. opening mission for oh, Far yeah. Cry six. They had that again. I'm like, can you guys move the fuck on like. <laughs> this this was cool in 2012. Like, yeah, it, was, it was good in 2012. We're yeah. nearing 10 years later. Like, you guys can't be doing the same shit constantly. And it's funny because you mentioned the Ubisoft fan base. What I noticed is they eat this shit up. They're like, oh, I love that. That was great. Remember when that yeah, happened? Yeah. And I was like, they're the yeah. same as the designers. Well, they're, idiots. they're morons. They're morons. <laughs> they're, idiots. they're fools. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. It's so crazy. It's, it's, I don't know, because I feel like you look outside of the Ubisoft fan base and most people are of the same opinion where it's like, yeah, Ubisoft games are kind of just shit. But the Ubisoft fans themselves are this like separate cult of people that just only play Ubisoft. Cult's they love word. Ubisoft stuff. It's, it. it's, cra- it's so weird. It's so oh. weird because I think it's just so normal to speak to any person that's like outside of that space. And it'll just kind of be like, yeah, Ubisoft games are like, whatever. Like, I loved AC2 or like, I yeah, loved Splinter yeah. Cell or whatever. But yeah. like, it's not, you know, these, but Ubisoft has like, the cult of Ubisoft fans is not a cult in the sense where like, it's, you know, a group of people. It's millions of people somehow that are like under the spell of Ubisoft. And like, it's crazy. Like, it makes you think like, am I just out of touch? Are these games just actually like amazing? And I just can't say it. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Yeah. I'm confused. No, no, no. Well, I mean, there's, there's, what is it like? One in four people are retarded or something like that, or R word. Um, Whoa! <laughs> like, I feel like that's what. Um, Cancelled. You've done it, Tyler. It's over. That's you're, what, you're done, uh, brother. I don't care. I, I don't care. Um, I have a real job. They're real. Like, you know what I mean? Outside of this, this is my, <laughs> this is my like fake world that no one knows I do. Um, that I that I live in. I'll say what I want. Um, no, <laughs> I I just mean like, you know, Ubisoft fans. 
How intelligent are they? That's what I'm saying. Is that where, could, could you say that that's where the less smart people have all sort of collected um, in the gaming community? True. It's impossible. It's possible. Am I saying this purely to make people bad because I enjoy that? Maybe. No. You know? Maybe that's partly why I'm saying that. No, I yeah. think you genuinely um, I don't know. I, I think my problem is less of the fan base and, uh, you know, because like I ultimately want people to enjoy whatever they, they want to enjoy. Like, it's kind of always been the the core of my reviews whenever I make them is like, look, I'm just I always think reviews are glorified opinions in the first place. But it's like these are just my thoughts. Like you can enjoy whatever the hell you want. It's not my place to tell you what you will like. It's just I will try to guide you to the best of my ability with these purchases. So I don't think there's an issue with like enjoying the junk food open world. I just feel like that's all Ubisoft does now. And I feel like some people are cool with that but i think a lot of us are disappointed because again i probably wouldn't have these thoughts if i didn't go back and like play a lot of their older games but like i went back and played ghost recon future soldier from my uh dark age of ubisoft video i was like this game slapped dude like this was a like a, a blending of like so calm and uh third person action that uh just was was it, it kind of reminded me of republic commando the star wars game and it was yeah. awesome and that was like a later Ubisoft game before they're like real trudge into just solely open world. And so I feel like people remember those moments fondly. And then you'll occasionally get like a, I, I always go to Mario Rabbids. It's one of my favorite Switch games. Like I, I can't believe for all Ubisoft did wrong. I can't believe they managed to make Mario and XCOM with Rabbids work and make it really damn good. But they did. And I, I will admire that. And I feel like it's those um those those traffic lights those stops in the road where you're like whoa this is different that keeps them afloat for like the same regurgitated series in between like you'll get a what did they do a trials game or something like that or they did they did some game that was all about extreme sports and people were like riding bikes and 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 whatnot and they were like uh oh yeah what i forget the, the name the, of it and skiing and is shit, that the, yeah yeah. Not, not see, was it steep? I thought it, it was, was the, there was the another new game. one, the new yeah, one, right? A, a new one that just came out. I want to say it was last year. It was an it's extreme. Cool. Oh, really? Okay, no, I, like I don't know. But you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll get the occasional but, one of but those. But also, I'll, I'll add, I'll add in. I, I, I kid when I make fun of them. It's not. It's definitely not the fan base. At all. Sure. Yeah, I know you're I joking. Like I'm just saying in general, though. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those things Riders where Republic. Riders, that's it. Yeah, like that. You'll get those, and Ubisoft will barely market them and go, well, see, it fucking failed. Like, we're going to go make Assassin's Creed for the 18th time the same way. And it's like, well, did you really try? It's it's kind of how I feel about Square Enix. Like, when when they're like, uh, oh, um, the Neo The World Ends With You delivered beneath our expectations. I'm like, you didn't market it, and you marketed Balan Wonderland instead. Like, what do you think was going to mm. fucking happen when you, when you literally yeah. couldn't identify your own product in your own studio before choosing what's going to get the marketing push one was a broken game one was not it's just that simple at a certain point and yeah i i could go on but it's just that it brings back feelings of that which that's another company i could rant about i f can't fucking stand square enix man terrible really <laughs> you don't like square enix no nah, man no nah, they they their japanese division like their jrpg division is mostly phenomenal like they still like the fact that they have a heritage with Squaresoft and they've they had a kind of couple of bumps in the road with like Final Fantasy with like 13 and 15 for a lot of people. But the fact that they managed to like reinvent themselves and do stuff like Octopath Traveler, Triangle Strategy, so on and so forth and sell millions of copies, by the way, 
to me is like I admire that a lot. But their like Western division is abysmal, man. Like the the Outriders, really, yeah. the Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy. These are good games, by the way. That's what frustrates me greatly is these games are great. They're barely marketed. They don't do well. And then Square Enix calls them a disappointment or they don't meet expectations and they get a kick in the face of developers. And I'm just like, your job as the publisher is to get the name of the game out there. And they did a good job with, say, like yeah. Outriders, where they're like, let's do day one Game Pass. First, th first time we ever saw a third party day one Game Pass drop. Everyone was losing their shit. It was really cool to see things roll in that direction. But to call like Guardians of the Galaxy a disappointment i'm like it's a marvel game like all the all the tools are in your hands to make that relevant we're talking guardians like yeah. that's yeah, that's that's, that's you your fault so well yeah it's, it's a household name yeah and so they just name. they're a lot like ea where just everything's did not meet expectations did not meet expectations there's a checklist people make for square enix that anything that's not in their japanese division because they know how to market those games well is has not met their expectations um and I don't know how out of this world their expectations are, but just the way I, I feel about Square Enix, I, like, reminds me a bit of Ubisoft. Like, that kind of, like, you guys are just failing yourselves at a certain point in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. right. That's 100% right. And, and I think that's a frustrating thing is, like, they'll... It's with, with Ubisoft, and that's what James made, made the point earlier, is like, oh, are we just out of touch? Because there is this, like, weird, like, cult fan base that they mm. can do no wrong. Literally, it's like, no, I think they're better than ever now, what they're doing. And Ubisoft will come out and be like, well, we're, we're, we're making more money than we've, like, ever made, or they're saying that. Well, they they word in a way that they're like, we had the biggest week uh, where Wednesday was the was the third day of the month. Very specific that fancy was, stats, the, yeah. You know, the, yeah. they do very specific fancy stats, and then people then quote it at you and be like, no, it was the highest selling Assassin's Creed of all time. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what they said. That is not what they said, and that's not true. Like, they just made the most money on uh, on a Thursday uh, where the moon, like Venus, was in <laughs> retrograde. Like, that's like that's yeah. the shit Ubisoft come out with with Valhalla. Like, this DLC did this or this. Like, but they also they make money because like, oh yeah, also we sold 17 million microtransactions because we hid everything behind this paywall and mm -hmm. like. They do all these things they never used to have to do to make money. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. The, the biggest know? problem, of course, is the fact that that's creeped into the core games. Like you can enjoy your popcorn flick open worlds with collectible content, and that's fine. Like there's a place for that. But when you start to make bloated, I, I like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but like when you start to make bloated content gates and level gating with time savers in there, that clearly like the design is pushing you towards the storefront without saying it. Cause it's like, Oh, you could grind. You could do every side quest in the game to get to the end of the game, but you've just wasted like 20 extra hours, which again, this is coming from someone who likes the game. Like that's where Ubisoft has also gone wrong. It's like the, that's what I would hope to see change in an acquisition is like, okay, we, we, we have now realized that we can cool it a little bit on the microtransactions and we can actually just make a video game. And that's what I'd like to see from Bethesda, mm. but it change it depends on the ownership, right? Like I feel like if Amazon gets them, they're just going to they're going to double them in that direction. They're going to be like, "Oh, recurrent revenue? Are you kidding me?" Like, "Yo, let's let's yeah, do this." Definitely. But th with the idea of like putting Ubisoft games in like Amazon Prime or like giving them a discount through Amazon Prime like I just feel like that could work really well for Amazon with how popular some of their some of the Ubisoft IP are um, and the way yeah. they're going that live service direction with what is it? Assassin's Creed Infinity. Um, I know Far Cry 6, mm -hmm. like I couldn't believe it. I beat Far Cry 6 and they're like, 
we're doing weekly missions. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Why are we doing this like recurrent content in these <laughs> single player games? I just, I can't do yeah. I can't, especially when they yeah. can't no, even get co-op totally down. Agree. Like they do this partner based co-op for years and years and years where the, the person joining your game is just there to participate. Like they get a participation trophy, but they don't actually get legitimate progress when they're joining your world. So you have to like double up on the content and go back into their game to do content with them. So they get the uh, progression. It's just frustrating, man. It's terrible. Oh, it's this one is so funny when people scream at you like you're the old fans. You you know you you're standing in the way like a uh, gatekeeping the franchise like Origins or Odyssey or whatever. Odyssey sold the most copies in mm. like the franchise history. I'm like no, it didn't. It sold one million copies more than Assassin's Creed Two did. It Odyssey sold ten million. Assassin's Creed Two sold nine. Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag is the highest selling Assassin's Creed of all time. It's all How much was million that? Copies. Oh, 15. Wow. 15 million. It sold more than Origins. It sold more than Odyssey and Origins sold 10 million. Valhalla, I don't know if those numbers are all out right now. I think they said they're the fast selling first week of 1.8 million. Yeah. But I don't know what the full, I can't find the full numbers. I was just looking it up, but I can't find like a solid, here's the total number. They have mm, 1.7 million. It's crazy though. Number. Like doing that whole thing of like, oh, I come back every day for like new daily challenges and like weekly missions and. They're doing that in every every single game they seem to put out now. It's like to keep those player numbers as high as possible so they can like show their shareholders like, look at this, people yes. are still playing our game yes. six months after it came out, give us more money. And it's just like everything yeah. is for money. It seems like Ubisoft do not care about making quality content. And like you can you can take you can get rid of all of the live server stuff, you can get rid of all the microtransactions. But even if you do that to something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you're not actually left with content that has any depth to it. And I feel like that's a major thing that Ubisoft miss in this day and age that they used to have so much of is the content should be rich. It should be worth your time. Like, you know, if, if say it does take 20 hours of side missions to get to a particular level, you shouldn't be just grinding through content to get there. You should be actively engaging in that content because it's well worth your time to do. Mm -hmm. You look at something like The Witcher 3 or even, you know, Horizon Forbidden West, an open game that came out recently I absolutely fucking love. The, so the side content you're engaging with in that game is because it's good. It's not even because you need it to level up or anything like that. It's just because it's it's sure. just good. They tell good stories. There's good characters. It's worth your time. You feel invested in this world. And I feel like Ubisoft, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just doesn't have that. Like there's there's these little moments, like every 20 hours there'll be, oh, here's a really big moment. And then it's 20 more hours of just bullshit to get to the next major mm. thing. And it's like, there's not enough care in the in-betweens. And it's, it's, you need more of that too. Even if you get rid of all the other little things like microtransactions and whatnot. And it's, it's going to be tough to be able to, I don't think, I'm, I don't think they're ever going to do that. I think Ubisoft's yeah. going to be stuck where they are, no matter what happens, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Do, do you want to know what the lowest selling Assassin's Creed game is? Let's see if we take bets. Mm. Take bets uh, in terms of copies. Rogue. Uh, Maddie, what do you think? Rogue's a really good pick. I was going to throw out Syndicate. It is Syndicate by a one. lot. Nah, by that a lot. makes sense too. By that makes sense. Rogue sold 10 million. Rogue sold a lot. Whoa. Wow, that's really? a few. Um, wow. Syndicate sold 5.5 million. Uh, how many how many did unity that was, sell that's just like a gut check you sold just, 10 hmm. ah see so uh, everyone everyone was like oh i don't want to do that again yeah, unity sold 10 um but then syndicate to be fair was the sequel like the follow-up after unity mm. and so i think part of the reason Syndicate one syndicate was terrible also but i think after mm -hmm. unity that that led to 
um, like a lot of people not wanting to buy Assassin's Creed. That makes again. a lot and of sense. They came out with Syndicate a year later, and it's the worst selling in terms of copies Assassin's Creed all time. Do you guys like Unity? Yeah. I don't remember if we talked about this. Um, nice. I, I like nice. things about Unity, but overall, it's bad. Yeah. Mm. Conceptually, there's some stuff, but I the it, it, like the game. idea behind it was like maybe the best concept. Yeah, but yeah, it, the, the game the, the though, no. was god, god awful, god awful. But yeah, Ubisoft, we big fans. Um, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> big fans. Yeah, this has been covered a lot, boys. Covered a lot, Maddie. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. My pleasure for being here for joining us for chatting games, movies. Um, with us and finding out you're an absolute connoisseur and expert in all things cinema so we'll obviously get you on a movie <laughs> podcast soon um i can't wait to talk about uh, uh, the, uh, the, the irishman movie. i don't know the irishman no. yeah oh yeah like the next scorsese film yeah i want you on the podcast that's gonna happen we'll talk games yeah um, yeah, we'll talk about the new <laughs> yeah. the new games that are out of cinemas. We'll, we'll um, have you on our you know, we'll have you on on our next game episode. Yeah, yeah, the next year our, our game review episodes uh, that we do where we cover like all the new games that come out of cinemas. Nice, the new Marvel, yeah, yeah the new Marvel. I'm about ones. that yeah. shit. Let's can't go. wait. For, yeah, can't wait for Doctor Strange. Um, Best game, great game. Best game all time. <laughs> some might say. Some might say this episode of this game we've recorded today was really good. <laughs> it might have been the best best game we've ever done. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and but but and again, well, thank you. I mean, Maddie, you got voted the game of the year for, um on our uh, <laughs> oh, on, our, on our show. So, let's go. So let's hope yes. you get voted game of the year two years in a row. So there's yeah. a potential for that, dude. At Amazing. the end of the year, to be fair, we're going to nominate Maddie for for like guest of yeah, the year. So, but we'll also someone put me in like the game, the of, the game yeah. of the year category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll put Maddie. Write it down. Put a note. Put a reminder. Set yeah. it for whenever you guys are yeah. planning to record that. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. I'll be in Do you want to be crazy? Like, these are our official awards at the end of the year. There'll be God of War, Horizon, Midwest, all these games nominated. You'll win, probably, just <laughs> yeah. for the meme. Our yeah. fans will, like, actually genuinely vote you the winner. <laughs> Uh, I'll be honored. Like Maddie is the game, the game of the of year, year. 2022. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god, yeah, incredible. But yes, Maddie, thank you for for joining us. We of really course, I had a blast, fellas. Thank you for having me. Um, and and James, obviously, thank thank you for being here and and you know putting up with me as you always do every week for many many years. Um, and thank <laughs> you to to the people listening and watching this episode of the As Always podcast and the people over at Patreon.com forward slash As Always. But the best podcast on the internet exists, the Clubhouse Podcast. Go check it out. For just as little as a dollar a month, you can get exclusive access to that. There's over 130 episodes you can stream right now, plus cool perks, rewards, and different things you can get. Go check it out. Including for the $5 tier and above, you get on the credits of all the podcasts we do. So thank you to these people. We have, once again, Olivia Superior, Ollie, Damien, the Not-So-Orange, Dome, Farentino, Flash Products, Franco, Jesper Olsen, King, Richard III, Olbrick, Ryan Hafer, Viridian, Bullsack 47, Aragon, Kimisaba, Game of Cream Pies, hashtag make the nice guys too, please, for the love of fuck Hollywood, Adam Sunling, and Alfie Rod but Andy, Andy, Andy Cure, Andrew, Big Dick, 66999, Ben Higgins, thankful for a stick brethren, Ben Nick Clubbers, BFHC, Biggest Fucking Virgin, Bod, Thank you, Overlord the Elder, Brian Ford, Call Me Daddy, Christian0210, Connor DeRose, Willie the Alley, Dry Man Gamer 101, Eli, Moonkatborg, Redito Hacker, Ethan Dean, Fishy, Furious Coco, Gene, Give Me Your Penis, Kinko Swag, Grand Theft <laughs> 6, Gwen Hughes, Hookie, Jack DG1998, Jaden B. Bennett, Jake Ryan, Joe the Founded Scarab, Josh Duvillier, Josh J. Anderson, Joshua Mora, Cassassin, 
Kid Ghostly, Liam, Luca, Lucas R05, Louis de Leon, Lumistrad, Mario 5380, Master Bass, Max H, Mighty Unicorn, Nick Miller, Ochgord 7, our best and favorite mod, Brownie, Radok, Ravjai, Seth, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, So James <laughs> hates the Batman too because he kills people, Spiky Bucks, The Blue Cow, Tony, Walshy, and Zeppo. Thanks. Yes, we vintage lads hopping nice. this podcast. Yeah, that's there you a, go, That's Maddie. a Patreon symphony if I've ever heard one. <laughs> well, yeah, it's our it's our fan base, sure. and they're um, they're awful human beings, as you've clearly um, <laughs> gotten gotcha. a glimpse into. Um, they're the worst, and we hate them. Yeah, well, I, I fucking hate them. But thank you for supporting us here on patreoncom slash as always, and uh, obviously on the Four Doors Network here, where the As Always podcast lives. And thanks mm-hmm. for everyone watching, and we'll see you all next time. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>